From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, let's talk about that Mario Wonder Direct, and also Sea of Stars. I touched grass and still managed to find time to slay a necromancer. Yes, I'm still playing this RPG. what they call welcome to nintendo main podcast episode 387 your place to hear nintendo fans talk about directs and rpgs and whatever else and we are your hosts i'm trey cm who johnson i am jareth the best mikowski i'm john shell-shocked knitter oh yeah i didn't i didn't play that dlc yet so uh how's everybody doing why don't we start off the show as we normally do and talk about games we got and games we've been playing it's another another week since last week we'll do the direct later yeah let's talk about what we've been doing and what we've been playing video game related enough i went to i went to a couple wrestling events and as i said for my nickname uh cm who which is pretty funny i got i actually got the text from you i got the text from you from you and joe at the same time about it about what happened i was standing in line so i so i got tickets for um aw collision which is a saturday night show uh, this show is actually a show that was pretty much created for CM Punk himself. To uh, it was it was a way to split the brand, so whoever didn't hate CM Punk yet would be on a would be on Collision, and everybody else would be on on Dynamite. So that's basically how it was. So Collision was basically created for CM Punk, and I think he was a writer on most of it. Whatever. So I'm standing in line in front of the United Center for Collision, and I get a text from you from you and Joe, and I'm like. Oh yeah, CM Punk just got fired from AEW, and I, I like found out about it like when I was standing in front of the United Center, and I'm like, oh shit! So I was there. I, I was once again. I was there for another major CM Punk event. Uh, last time, last year at All Out, I was there for when uh, CM Punk had the locker room fight. Well, I was at the uh, pay per view that happened before the locker room fight, so I just uh, can't stay away from this uh, CM Punk business. You were also there when he walked his dog in Chicago that one time. That's true. Yeah, I did see him in. In Chicago and Milwaukee Avenue with his dog. So when so when the show started, uh, it started a little bit later. You know, normally it, it'll come on like right at seven o'clock. You know, and they'll be like, "We're live!" and show all this stuff. It took a couple minutes, and there was a, there was a, a, a chair like sitting on the stage by itself, and I'm like, I'm like, I wonder what that's about. And uh, Tony Khan, the owner, comes out and basically addresses everyone about firing CM Punk. And the the whole the whole thing is kind of ridiculous. So uh, I don't know how much you've been following it or at all or whatever. So I guess um so like I said Collision is like CM Punk's show. So there's been like there's been like some things with wrestlers like trying to come to Collision where he's like sort of butted heads with them. I know he doesn't like Adam Page and Adam Page was there and he told him he couldn't come in or whatever cuz it cuz it's his show. But there was this whole thing with uh Jack Perry with uh with Luke Luke Perry's kid, Jack Perry. And he wanted to do this spot where he like used real glass or whatever. And CM Punk like put a stop to it. He's like you can't use real glass, you're going to get hurt whatever. Don't do it. 
So then later on the on the pay per view in uh, at Wembley Stadium at All In, uh, they did this. You know, they were fighting on top of a car, like Hook and, and Jack Perry were fighting on top of a car, and uh, and basically, you know, Jack Perry like hits like hits his knuckle on the glass of the car, and he's like, "Hear that? That's real glass. Cry me a river." That's what he said. To CM Punk, which I think is funny. Like, I thought it was a funny heel thing to do. He's a heel now. You know, he's being a jerk. Yep. But I guess CM Punk didn't find that funny. And he, I guess he, like, attacked him backstage. Then I guess it got, like, so intense that he attacked Tony Khan. It's, like, the mo- most important thing. It's that Tony Khan felt threatened by, by uh, CM Punk. So that was basically what he was trying to say to a shitty crowd that was booing him about CM Punk and all that. But, I mean, you know, all power to him for, uh, I think he's he's got balls to come out there and and talk to Chicago and be like, hey, you know, we, we fired your favorite wrestler. Sorry. Or whatever, you know. I thought it was kind of cool that uh, just, you know, obviously not directly related to it. But I found out about it through, I just happened to open up Twitter. I was like camping at the time. I just checked my phone a few times a day. And I saw like AEW was training like it always is. But I saw a statement from AEW. I'm like, uh-oh, what's this? I'm like, well, Trey probably already knows all about all this. But I'm going to text him about it anyway just to see. If he knows yet. And then um, within like, you know, an hour or whatever, you know, you'd found out the way I watched Tony Hans like address to the crowd was your video of it. So that was kind of cool <laughs> that like you were there, like my boots on the ground at the arena. And I got to see like your recording of his statement about it. And very surreal, really. Did you catch the part when he talked about being from Champagne? Did I, did I record that part? Like, I think it was at the beginning. I didn't hear that part, but. Because I, uh, you know, I, I don't record things on my phone. You know, I want to I want to experience things. Like, I don't want to fucking record it on my phone like everybody else does. Right. But I was like, I should record this. And I was watching Tony Khan talk for like three minutes before I realized that my phone wasn't recording. <laughs> that I was just I've done hold- that before. That I was just holding it up and it wasn't recording. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I started about three minutes into it. But I thought I caught it. Because he does say that that he's from Champaign and that he's you know he's a born you know lived in Illinois for however long, but he did he did mention Champaign and he mentioned his dad and all that stuff and and I hope that was in there. But yeah, no, I was I was pretty close. I was like seven rows up from the from the ground, and uh, I was right by the entrance, and that's where he gave his speech. And he even like he even like stood up and like you know and kind of like kind of got a little emotional about it and all that. But but yeah, I mean he's if you know if. He felt that he, if, if he feels like he's not safe at work, is what he basically he was saying. It's like, you know, fuck CM Punk, which I've said before, you know. <laughs> but it's like, uh, if if that's if that's how it is, then maybe he should go. And he's, you know, he's been trouble since he first started there, you know. At AEW, I was a, you know, I, I missed I, I missed like a twenty year window of wrestling when C, basically the time when CM Punk was famous. So. I don't really, you know, I don't really, I never really followed him that much. And I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he first came to AEW. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, people love him. More people watch the Federation now, you know, that's cool. But uh, once, you know, once the locker room brawl started and then he came back and he's just like shitty, just like all the time. It's just kind of like, and like, and, and also like what really pissed me off about him was he got everything he ever wanted. Like they gave him everything. Like he never lost a match. I mean, if he he did lose like maybe a couple, but it was by technicality, you know, by like by like cheating or like one time his foot was hurt or whatever, so he didn't win. And uh, but but he basically won every important match, and he got the fucking belt, and then he fought with like <laughs> with like some of the main people like after that. It's like, dude, and he was totally shitty at the media scrum too. Like I remember listening to that about Colt Cabana or whatever. Yeah, so so it was it was interesting to be to be at all out and, and to be at Collision and all out in Chicago, 
just to hear the the audience, you know, audience do their fucking CM Punk chant and all that stuff and be all upset about him not being there. But I, I did kind of notice there's a bit more of a mix. Like uh, when I when I saw when I was at the AEW Dynamite right right at, before Thanksgiving on Wednesday in November last year, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks got a really really bad like basically when they came out everybody booed them because they were mad that they you know these they were involved in the CM Punk fight. And people, people were basically mad that they got to wrestle and CM Punk wasn't wrestling it. CM Punk was still suspended, but they were back wrestling. So they like booed them like crazy and chanted CM Punk and all that stuff. And it was like really bad. This time it was kind of more of a mix. Like there were actually people chanting for the Young Bucks. And there were these guys behind me that were just cracking me up. They were just like, dude, he got fired. Get over it. And they just kept yelling all this stuff about CM Punk and all that. And Yeah, it was, it's whatever, you know, it's people get over it, hopefully, but. It was kind of crazy that it was like his show that they made just for him, you know, and that he didn't show up to because he was fired, you know, and that was when we find out was was right then. And and I went, you know, I did a little detective work. I went around the whole, uh, I went all of, around all of United Center and there wasn't, you could not see any evidence of CM Punk at all. Like they must have pulled all their CM Punk merch. There was no collision shirts or anything like that because he was probably on there. They probably didn't want to give him a cut or any of any of the t-shirt sales. So. They pulled everything, and the, and the merch looked really, really bare. Like, there wasn't much there. There was, like, a couple AEW shirts. I think there was an FTR shirt. You'd get some Dan House and masks and stuff like that. But it was wow. – that was about it. You know, I was like, oh, weird. I was like, well, this is official then if they pulled all the merchandise, right? Because I wanted to get a collision shirt, and it was it was not there. So, yeah, I was on the I was on the, on the ground floor for – well, seven feet – seven rows up from the ground floor for the CM Punk shit. But, yeah. But it was a good time. There was a – I went to, you know, I went to the All Out pay-per-view on Sunday. That was fun. And probably one of the most fun matches I've ever seen. And this is mostly because of the because of the crowd. There were these two big guys, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro. They're both like huge wrestlers, like super huge wrestlers. And I guess there was a thing like people were happy they were fighting each other. They're saying like meat, meat versus meat, you know, like giant meat men, whatever. And people just started saying, normally they, you know, when, when one wrestler hits one wrestler, they'll say like, you know, boo, yeah, whatever, between like the heels and and the faces and all that. Uh, whenever they hit each other, they said meat. And they just kept saying meat every time there was a move or there was a punch or whatever. And they did it through the whole match. And it just got kept getting funnier and funnier, like, every time. And that was that was hilarious. Like, I, I got a kick out of that match. And they were into it, too. The wrestlers were totally playing off of it. Playing off, off of the meat chants and all that. Like, they were, like, you know, moving their hands. like, And everybody would be like, oh, meat. And then he'd punch him in the face. And it was funny. It was, it was, fun, it was a fun time. Yeah, I, I, I had a good time there. Uh, so yeah, I was right there for all the CM Punk shit. And now it's now my Twitter feed is all like, now they're like, oh, well, CM Punk talked about going to WWE or, you know, Jericho said this to CM Punk at All In. Like now it's all this fucking CM Punk news or whatever. But I don't know. I, I thought the guy was trouble when he first got there. So maybe it's, I'm not really upset about it because I was kind of tired of seeing his face on the TV anyway. I didn't mind when he was, now that he was just on collision, you know, so I didn't see him as much, but. But last year, last All Out, I was kind of tired of seeing him all over the place. It's like, do we have to start every episode off with CM Punk coming out and saying something? I mean, I don't have no, I have no nostalgia, for, nostalgia for that guy. So there you go. But I got a, I got, I bought this, I bought this hoodie here, this All Out hoodie. You can see it. It's got, it says All Out, it has the Chicago flag on it. It's on the back too. But my, my favorite shirt I got right here is my, uh, my Adam, my Adam Cole, Adam Cole MJF shirt. Better than you, baby. It says better than you, baby. And on the back it says twenty three, like Michael Jordan twenty three, and it says double clothesline because that's their finishing move. 
which I, I which I think is absolutely hilarious because the double clothesline is probably like the easiest move you could do in wrestling. And I think that's funny that that's their finishing move. Like it just kind of plays on how how funny that is. So yeah, I got I got my I got my uh, MJF Adam Cole Bebe shirt, and I got a also got an All Out shirt that has the date on it and all that stuff because I always get one of those. And that was and that was that. Let's see. I guess I, I'll I'll save the, I'll save the Sea of Stars till the end so we can all talk about it because sure. we've all been playing it. I'm sure. Uh, we started. Uh, Jess and I started playing Super Mario Brothers U on the Wii U. Brought out the Wii U. I mean, the Wii U was never. I mean, it was. I had found it. It was hooked up. I just brought it upstairs so we could play it upstairs. And we've been playing Mario Brothers U, and that's you know what that game's pretty good, even though it's not. It's hard to play with two people <laughs> because of the. The bouncing around and all that stuff, how you bounce into each other, and it's really easy to, like, like we're, we we both kind of play the same way, so we're both trying to get the same stuff, so we always get under the other person and end up knocking somebody else into the into the fire pit or whatever. But we got we played all the way, we got to the Van Gogh stage and all that. That was really pretty, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun to play it. It's fun to play it on the Wii U. So yeah, Jess was like, Jess was like, where's uh, where's Mario, where's Mario? You at? Like, what do you have? Like. What do you have that on? I was like, oh, I only have that on Wii U. And they're like, well, can I play it? And I was like, yeah. So I got it and hooked it up upstairs. And we were playing that. Did Mario Wonder get you guys in the mood for that? It did. Yeah. Yeah. Jess was real excited about uh, Mario Wonder because of the, they love the, the 2D, the 2D Mario. So wanted to, wanted to play through the most recent 2D Mario. So we, yeah. So we went back to, to you to play that again. And I think it's good. I think it's a good game. I mean, it's. I understand that it's. It doesn't. It doesn't look as good as Wonder does for sure. Like Wonder has, as we'll get into later when we talk about the direct, has a lot more stuff to it. But it's still fun. I mean, it's still it's still a good game for what it is. And I think, uh, yeah, I always I always like the console new Mario Brothers more than the handheld ones. But but that's me. So we did that uh, last last week. Um, I did a drunk buy because we were talking about Wario sixty four with Shake, and I ended up getting. Um, I ended up getting a the Fire Emblem Warriors game because it was on sale for like fifteen bucks, and I think I saw like a physical copy going for like three hundred dollars or something like that on Amazon. Of course, I didn't keep it sealed; I had to open it and play it. But it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty cool, you know. I like uh, Musou games are about as fun as how as, as it. I think it's somebody said uh, it, it. It always is. It, it matters how much you care about the stars that are in the game. You know, that's that will basically like level your excitement of the game pretty much. But what I think is cool about this is you basically get to kill the main character from the other Fire Emblem game. So I like that. <laughs> the idea is that you're going to kill Byleth, and this is and this is the timeline where Byleth is dead. So uh, I do think that's interesting for those for those newer like uh, you know um, uh, those newer Warriors games. They kind of I think they did a similar thing with uh, the Hyrule with the um, with the Breath of the Wild one. I mean they didn't kill Link, but they did like an alternate timeline where it was different from what happened in the other game, and I like that. I like that thing where it's like, hey, let's let's change it up. Let's change the story and say, like, let's say Violet doesn't doesn't become the hero and you become the hero, that sort of thing. So, so I, that was cool. So I was like, oh yeah, that's all right. It's good dumb fun, and I like good dumb fun and all that. And of course, I'm still playing Stadium Stampede. We, uh, Joe and I, we had a good stream with it on Monday, and and I've leveled up quite a bit. I was a uh, was it Keith Lee and the Bunny did end up dropping on uh, on DLC for anybody who got the Elite uh, um, uh, AEW Fight Forever. So. I, w- I was cleaning house with uh, with Keith Lee, so I was just going around. Uh, I-, I got a couple wins in that stream, so that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still really enjoying that game. We're doing the same thing where I go to the tokens and build myself up, and and I've been trying different power ups. You know, I switched some stuff out, and I did like the instant fever mode. Like I was I was using that. 
there's another thing where you get where you can like up your defense briefly. I, I did that as well. But I was able to get a couple wins on Stadium Stampede, and I got I got all my PS2 games uh, in they're back here in this in this beautiful game holder here. And I realized that Jess has like all of the Guitar Hero games on PlayStation Two. Hell yeah, one through five on PlayStation Two, and I have uh, Rock the Eighties as well. So we have one through five, and Rock and Rock the Eighties. What is it? Encore Rock the Eighties, all on PlayStation Two. So we could play. Uh, I was I was saying like we we should play Guitar Hero on this tube TV down here and see if we can. You should have fun with it, you know. And actually, I have my PS Two hooked up, but it's actually hooked up to the HD TV, not the tube TV. But I, I was just uh, impressed by the how many of the PS because Jess had like all of the PS2 versions of everything, and I didn't know they went that far. I didn't know that there was a PS2 version of four and five, but there they are. I guess they were on. I guess they were on Wii too. So I mean, might as well just put them on both systems, you know, because they pretty much look the same. But I'm hoping to get into that at some point. And they have like a bunch of wireless guitars and a bunch of other shit. We have a good collection of uh, plastic instruments between the two of us. Nice. It's funny to see how the. Those are going back up in value. Like I just, I followed a look at the video game store on Facebook. Yeah, and they said they had a, an Xbox. Maybe it was just a rare one. I don't know, but they had an Xbox. Was it three sixty one or something for one hundred and fifty dollars for Guitar Hero? For Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero, like, like, super like, like complete, certain, right? So it's the cer- certain Xbox ones that you can actually use with a PC and play the Clone Hero game. That and so you can still you can interface directly with the PC mm. and keep oh, playing. So I think that particular model might be the one that. It is because those are maybe so. Find. Yeah, so you can put whatever song you want to put in there, pretty much. Essentially, yeah. Right. That I would I would gather that's what Clone Hero means. But I was I was like I think we have all the Guitar Hero games. I, I was trying to think of whatever. What what else is there? Like Aerosmith and the Metallica one was Rock Band, right? Or was it Guitar Hero? That was Guitar Hero. That was Guitar Hero. Okay, so we're missing Aerosmith and and uh, Metallica. Big deal. And there was actually a there was a Greatest Hits one that came out. I don't know if it was on Wii. Or in PS2 or not, but I have it for PS3. But they did like a greatest hits one to where you could use all of the instruments for songs that were in Guitar Hero One and Two. So if you wanted oh, to right. like, if you wanted to play the drums or sing or whatever, you could do that with that game. So I got that one just to play to try to play drums on some of the older songs. And plus, they had the actual like music tracks of them now because they were all because they were covers before, so they could actually do the the legit the legit music for the greatest hits one. So I guess there's that. But we have that on PS3. I don't know. It's just like. I know. I know that's kind of more your territory, Jeremy, because you got all you got all the the music games. Well, I mean, you might consider doing the uh, music corner. It's a it's a pretty cool concept. I think. <laughs> well, it would be right here. This would be the music corner over here, mm-hmm. where, this, where this where this here TV is. I mean, we do have a we have like a weird closet on the side that has like pipes in it and stuff, like you know, like plumbing pipes. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just stuck all the guitars in there because it's like, what else are we gonna put in there? It's like a weird closet. So I put all our plastic guitars in there. I was going to see if I could fit the drums in there too, the plastic drum sets. Cuz I have two. I have I have a rock band drum set and I have the and the Guitar Hero 4 drum set. 4, right? 4 was the one where they brought the the band in, right? Where it had cymbals. That was the difference. It had plastic cymbals. But whatever. But yeah, I think that's I think that's good for me until, you know, before we talk to whatever the main one game the game is. Well, John, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the game that Trey and I haven't played yet because I, I kind of want to get filled in on that a little bit, and then I can talk about oh, the, the Nintendo thing I'm playing, and then we could talk about the one we're all playing. The the DLC, sure. the Tinos, the yeah, the Tinos, yeah, yeah, yeah. the TMNT. I want to hear about the Turtles DLC because I have not had a chance to play it yet. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you got yeah, so, it. I, I I got it, but I haven't played it yet, so I do have it. 
I got it. I haven't played it very much, and I will say that it is pretty much exactly like the uh, Streets of Rage 4 DLC. It's the same thing, just with the uh, Ninja Turtle skin, at least in my uh, you know, brief time with it. I think I've probably played it uh, maybe about 30 minutes or so. So take what I say with a grain of salt. Isagi Ujumbo is really cool. I like that character. The other character I'm not as familiar with, You know, I didn't watch that, that Turtles cartoon. Yep. Well, Karaya, I think Karaya... I think Karai was in the comic. She might have showed up later on the in the original cartoon. But the idea is, you know, Karai is Shredder's kid. But I think Karai is actually Splinter's kid. I think she was oh. just raised as Shredder's as Shredder's kid because yeah. she was because she was stolen from Shredder or from Splinter. And they and they get into that in the 2012 cartoon about her. But she's really cool. Like she's a very very cool character. And her and Leonardo kind of had like a bonding thing. You know, they sort of. You know, was kind of like will they, won't they? I guess on the on the twenty twelve one. But uh, I watched uh, I watched the movie over the weekend because yep. it was streaming, and uh, you know the whole thing the whole thing about April being a kid. You know that's from the twenty twelve show. That's where they got that from. With her being a teenager, like the turtles, they took uh, that from that TV yep. show. I thought it was good. I just uh, they really it, they should have called it Teenage Mutant Ninja X Men because it's basically what it is. They basically turned turtles into X Men, which. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're both mutants, so sure. But uh, I did, uh, I did find it very familiar. Where it's like, it's like, all right, we don't have Shredder in there, but the idea is one of the mutants wants to kill all the humans or like turn all the humans okay. into mutants. And I'm like, well, that's Magneto's thing. He's been doing that since like 1960. So uh, you basically kind of they kind of turn turn the turtles into the X Men. I mean, it basically was the the machine he was putting together was almost like the same plot of like X Men One, like the <laughs> the 1999 movie, you know. So I was, I was like, oh, well, it's kind of, it's not necessarily new per se. And, you know, all of the, the style and the hip hop and all that, they wouldn't have done that if it, if Spider-Verse wasn't a movie. So, I mean, it was very much like they paved the That's way, cool. I mean, looked, but, but I love the yeah, way, it, I love the way it looked and, and the soundtrack was great. I'm just saying that they did that because Spider-Verse did that. And if Spider-Verse didn't do that, right, they would have it looked, done it looked, that. looked like <laughs> its own thing though, too. It didn't yeah. look like it exact rip off of Spider-Verse. It was its own its own style. It was a little it was a little scratchier, I think. Mm-hmm. It looked a little bit more like honing in on the idea of being drawn in the teenager's notebook, that kind of thing. Um yeah, I, I enjoyed it. A lot of it looked like paintings. And I'm not saying that it looks yeah. bad. I'm just saying that it's it's like that because of the influence of Spider-Verse. And that's Correct. obvious. I agree. The ninja, the uh, Dimension Shell Shot game, I think like my my impression of my brief time with it. I don't think it's going to draw me back to play the game a whole lot more. I see, I see a lot of reviews saying that they love it and it's great. And I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. You know, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep playing. I'll give it another shot, but I, I can't see myself diving back into the game the way that I did, you know, whenever it came out a year or two ago. I, I think the the one thing that I was really interested in, and I don't know if you've done this yet or not, was the ability to become the bosses. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Or that was yeah, cool I did idea. become Bebop at one point during during the uh, um, not in the not in the normal game mode, but in the Dimension Shell Shock mode. And that was pretty cool. It, it seemed it to me. It seemed like it'd be a great editing game, you know. So I figured I'll play it tomorrow when I'm yeah. edit, when I'm editing because I did play. I played a lot of uh, Shredder's Revenge arcade mode while I was editing because it was like a real good like you know something kind of something kind of mindless that I don't need to have to spend that much attention to, you know. But still fun, you know. It, it worked out good for that, so I, I figured I'll I'll play it when I'm editing, you know. But I do. I mean, I did end up getting it. I ended up getting some extra. I got like a whatever. I got like a gift card from uh, from whatever from Grubhub that I got that I used for some extra 
Switch money, so I ended up getting it through that. But yeah, no, I definitely want to check it out. I think it looks cool. You know, like the 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 com- the comic frames and all that that I've seen uh, looks neat. You know, I like any sort of comic book frame that's in there. I got a Tenta nineteen forty two. That's you did? that World War Two game. Was it on? And, that's uh, the one with the live interviews, right? Correct. Yeah, it was on sales like three dollars or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. And I was, I was curious about it because you know I I've said before on the podcast I don't like playing World War Two games because my grandparents were in the Holocaust, and I just don't like the idea of having fun at this experience. Yeah, know, it's not World really War a, too. Yeah, and and but I've heard I heard about this game that it was actually produced by a Holocaust museum, and it was more about you know. Less, less a game. You can't really call it a game. It's more of an interactive experience. There's a better name for it. It's um, you know just trying to present. Um, so far, so far, I, I I played it only for a little bit. I just wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't in the right mindset to really dig into it. But it, it it's an intriguing experience. Where so far, I've um, it's like there's this comic book sort of presentation as as you're going back in time and uh, it, it illustrates what's what was it like to be there. And uh, with this young Jewish couple, they have their apartment raided. And, uh, and then the, it, it mixes that with interviews, with live action interviews, with, um, I, I don't know if it's an actress or if it's an actual Holocaust survivor. But that, so far, I'm intrigued by the presentation and I want to be in a more serious mindset. Maybe when I'm done with this project, that I'm doing, I can focus on it and, and appreciate it. But I appreciate the, the angle that they're taking of it making it more serious and you're getting getting this experience onto uh modern consoles or people um you know that's that's a rare angle angle to take and a rare subject to approach in this manner so i appreciate that and i look forward to trying it some more i don't know if i'm correct but i was under the impression that the people that the people in the fmb stuff were actual holocaust survivors i thought Oh, maybe. But I, I didn't um, look into it. We did actually get, um, way back when, we did get a code for this game. Uh, somebody sent it to us, and that's kind of how I heard about it. But but I, I thought you'd be intrigued by, like, the FMV uh, interview yeah. stuff. And it is and it is kind of like an interactive documentary, you know, that sort of thing. And I thought that was a real cool idea, you know. But you also have to, like, you know, in order to get certain information, you have to ask the, rest, the right questions. And that's where it's kind of, like, gives the game version of it. But I thought it was done pretty right. well from what I played of it. But it is it is pretty serious, you know, so you have to be... You have to be in the mood for it, I guess. You know, right? It's, it's very, yeah, it's very uh, serious material and all that. But that's it for me this week. Besides the subjects, sure. Well, one of the subjects. Uh, so, as expected, and I've been talking about it for the past month or so since the release on PC of the game. Um, I've been super duper interested in Baldur's Gate three. I've been buying into all the hype that everybody's been putting out there, and even though it's not the kind of game on the surface that something that would really interest me a crpg i still did it and actually i want to say i went to uh i was camping this weekend from friday to monday and uh while we were camping we were hanging out with a lot of people who played Baldur's gate 3 uh, on the pc so i just ended up talking about it a bunch more with them and uh just how it's essentially a tutorial for how to you know you can learn how to play D from this game so it just it, it was something I was already thinking as a justification for buying it, but hearing it from more people, I'm just like, okay, well, I definitely have to get this game now. So I ended up realizing that the the one that was ten dollars more, the eighty dollar version, was the special edition, and you're you could play it a little earlier. So yeah, that's oh, the one I got. It's like an early access thing ish. Sort of, yeah. I think the early access started a couple of days before. I could have enjoyed it a little more if I wasn't out of town, but 
Um, I, when I got back on Monday, I downloaded it right away and, uh, it took all night because it was over a hundred gigs. How do you even fit it on there? Doesn't the PS five only like hold like 60 gigs or something? It's, or it's, it's probably like terabyte. 200 or something, right? Oh, it's a terabyte. It's a terabyte, but it's not a full terabyte. Cause I remember, I, mean, like. I think my PS four only had like 500 gigs on it or something. I've also just been very actively deleting stuff that I don't play anymore, which I had to go through and do again. I keep downloading stuff like Final Fantasy 15, even though I know I'm not going to play it. <laughs> and so I deleted that and I deleted some other stuff and it was pretty easy to make the space, but it still took four or five hours to download. But once it did, I played it a lot. I put about 16 hours into it and I still don't really feel like I completely understand what I'm doing, but I'm making progress and uh, I'm really liking it. Uh, it's not like anything I've really ever played before. Um, it's a really good turn-based RPG though I would say so when it all comes down to it like at its base it's a turn-based RPG and for that reason alone I think I enjoy it but the the more CRPG approach the way they like trans transferred that experience to a console is that there's like uh, wheels that you go through and those actually work really well and you can customize your wheels and stuff so you can go through a bunch of different options because in these games you've got like tons of different spells and attacks you can do and a lot of them are context sensitive or depend on where you are. Um, it's a strategy game in the sense that something like Fire Emblem or whatever, you're moving around and attacking. And uh, you sort of have like freedom of motion to a certain extent because it follows the rules of D&D, I guess, like depending on what kind of character you have from the, like, the get go, you've got a certain amount of distance you can travel per turn. Then you basically get like one primary action and one like auxiliary action. So that could be like healing or using an item as the auxiliary action and then attacking or doing something like buffing another character or whatever. That would be more of a primary action. But uh, I've been learning a lot about uh, D&D and this game is really complicated, but more and more over time, I'm understanding it. And I wouldn't want to spoil anything, but I'm, I'm having a great time. Like, and I hear that everybody's experience is slightly different. Uh, I created a character. His name is Jareth DeBess. I was trying to make something that sounded like uh, I thought Jareth sounded like like a D and D kind of name. It's the and name so of I, the David Bowie in Labyrinth. Well, it's Jer. Is it Jareth? Jareth. Oh, okay. The Goblin, well, that's the where Goblin I got King. It, maybe then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe that's where I got it then. But it also sounds like Jer is the best. Jareth the best. That's what I. That's what it is. So, yeah, just a little uh, little wordplay there. But that's my character's name. Uh, I am a high elf who is also a bard. And I think that's just a really good character for me. There you um, go. I tried to make it look something like me, but as a bard, I have a lot of really cool spells. Um, I have really good uh, charisma, high charisma, a lot of like uh, modifiers on charisma and uh, intelligence. So I've actually been having a really great time and haven't had all that many of just like disastrous roles. Everything is controlled by the the roll of the dice, you know. So yeah, yeah. A lot of the critical decisions you make, you roll a d twenty. And depending on what you have to boost it, you're either going to get through it or you're going to fail it disastrously. So that doesn't happen as often with me because I have plenty of modifiers for a lot of the more like uh, persuasion-based roles. So that's been working really well to my benefit. And as a as a beginner, I really feel like I kind of made a good decision. Now, I will say they, they make the high elf as kind of the default case. And I went through all the different ones and studied them. And I probably spent at least an hour in the character creator trying to figure out you know what i wanted because i knew i'd be spending a lot of hours with this character 
but I ended up pretty happy with it. I like my character. He's wearing like a big, like fluffy, like, or one of those big, like uh, droopy merchant hats. He just looks like a, he just looks like a total douchebag. I love him. I'm trying to, to romance one of the characters in my party. And, uh, there's another character in the party that seems like they're really interested in me. And I've, I've been trying to give, give them the cold shoulder. So yeah, there's, there's like the romance thing. And then just so much dialogue. I don't even know where to begin other than to say, take your classic RPG and just add a shit ton of like choose your adventure type of stuff on top of it. And that's what this game is. Um, you can just do a lot of really interesting things. Like, you know, I did a thing earlier today where I was doing really bad in a battle that I was like, wait a minute, I can knock that. I can uh, cut down that chandelier and have it fall on them, you know? And, like, I ended up winning a battle really fast that I thought I was about to lose. So there's just, like, little decisions like that you can make where you're like, oh, all hope, oh wait, all hope is not lost, you know? That's one case. Uh, I've got robbed. Like, I was dealing with a, a merchant, and while I was, like, buying stuff from them, they robbed me. You know, I wasn't expecting that to happen. There's just, like, a lot of interesting stuff that happens. Or, like, you'll, you'll go into a town and you'll have to like rescue somebody or you'll have to read somebody's mind and then tell them what they're thinking to like freak them out and get them to do what you want them to do. And I'm trying to be good. So I haven't really been like just slaughtering people. I've been trying to be like a good character also because I want like the character I like to want to date me later. Um, So I've been trying to be nice, but there's a lot of options to how the gameplay would change depending on how mean you are. And if you're just kind of like ruthless about how you go about your goals, it completely changes could change like the way the game plays so i'm playing as a nice guy and about the meanest thing i've done is i don't know killed some goblins because they wouldn't get out of my way but they were jerks i mean goblins are fine right you can kill them well i've actually like saved a goblin i've saved some pretty like terrible enemies with the hopes of like maybe later on in the game they'll come back to save my ass or something but yeah without saying too much more the game is about mind flares like made very famous in the last episode of Stranger, Stranger Things. Um, you essentially have been infected by a mind flare, and you're trying to figure out how to get this little tadpole worm out of your brain before it takes over and turns you into a mind flare. That's how they reproduce. So that's sort of the, the, the plot of the game, and you meet other people that are in the same predicament as you, and you're essentially out trying to find a cure. In the meantime, the world's kind of at war, and you're kind of making decisions on whose side you are and stuff as you play through. And then depending upon what class and race you are, you have different buffs and debuffs in conversation. So if you know, as a human, you're probably going to, when you talk to a human, they're going to be nicer to you. But if you're like a goblin, they're not going to like you, you know, you got like stuff like that in it too. And then also like, and I, I didn't even realize it at first, but you can change whoever, whichever character is like leading the party at any time just like a lot of other RPGs and that changes all your dialogue options too. So I haven't even started to mess with that. I could have one character talk to somebody and it changes the entire like conversational thread as a result. Yeah. I heard they added a lot of stuff to it. That That's what, I mean, I have no way of playing this, but uh, <laughs> that, that's what kind of freaks me out is, is games that have too many options where I'm like, I just, I don't know what to do. I played Baldur's Gate one and two, but I know those games are completely different, but I, I was confused, completely confused and then died. It was my experience on those, but uh, that's a different different develop, developer, pretty much. Well, I am going to say it's confusing, and there's a lot to it, but they also did their very best to make it accessible. So there's like a bit of a tutorial mode that'll s- sort of help you out at first, but the big thing you need to know is that everything is rotary menus, and once you figure that out, you learn that you can get to just about everything through those 
rotary menus and it's just kind of like yeah everybody's got context sensitive stuff they can do depending on who they are and their background and stuff and all that but when it comes down to it you're just beating up bad guys and gaining experience and getting stronger and trying to to go beat the big bad which i haven't had a big bad defined yet but we know we want to get to Baldur's gate the titular city (laughs) you got to find the gate i mean there's like you know there's like go here on the map right there's like map points and stuff like that right for different quests that are like hey go over here yep there's maps and there's a you know a ton of quests you can get from npcs and then you could also just end up going on a quest and before you know it you're like you've been doing the same thing for like two hours or whatever you know and it seemed like maybe it was just like a little tiny quest but yeah i like it it's really fun i'm glad i got it i'm gonna keep playing it and then eventually i've got a few friends that have it on ps5 that will probably start trying to do a multiplayer run at some point. I've definitely done some saves coming. A lot of that has to do with dialogue options. As you would. um, Also, I don't know if there's permadeath or not. So I've used saves coming to... I haven't had anyone... I haven't had to deal with it yet. I've always safe scummed. So um, nobody's actually died for good yet. And I don't know if they can or not. Because I don't... I've had to revive people, but I've never had to do something outside of battle to bring someone back, I guess. Did that did, did that leave a sea of stars in the dust? Like, did you just? Well, sort of, but I did actually play it for a while today just to kind of get back in back in shape and like because the two games are fairly different. I think that I can play both at the same time. Very different, I would think. Yeah, but they're both RPG. They're both turn based RPGs, and they both have a similar kind of I don't know a kind of feel of each protagonist has their own end goal. I guess maybe more so in Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate, you don't even know if you're like team members like you most of the time. I figured um, I would get like divisional, Divin- whatever Divinity Original Sin if it goes on sale a lot. That's that would be my experience because it's the same company, and then maybe I could try yeah. like a lesser version of it. Because yeah, stuff like that terrifies me because yeah, CRPGs and me, we don't get along. I've, I've tried, I've tried many, so many times, and I just, I just don't. I guess, I guess the only one I really got into was was Kotor was Knights of the Old Republic, which is technically a CRPG, I guess, but. So I'm going to say, you know, you've handled a lot more, you've been able to hit a lot more complicated RPGs than me. You've been able to have the attention span to finish some of the more, like, especially like the Xeno games and stuff that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And like, if I can understand this game, you can, is what I'm saying. Sure. It might seem intimidating on the surface, but you probably would like it pretty quick. You would probably actually find the, 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 uh, the interface pretty elegant. And I think you'd, before, before you knew it, you'd be, you'd be just, it'd be second nature it's gotten that way for me. Also, there's some shortcuts. Like, basically, it'll keep track of whatever your favorite attacks are. And then if you just select a monster, it kind of gives you an option to like choose those instead of going through the menus each time. If you just want to sort of have a, a default attack you use all the time. So there's certain like quality of life things like that that are just sort of naturally built in. And then you can also fully customize your wheels. But I haven't done that yet, but that could also be used to make it play the way you want it to play. Customize those wheels. Customize those wheels. Put some spinners on it. Or rims. Put some rims on your wheels. There it is. <laughs> That's what I was trying to find. You know, customize them. That's what you meant, right? Yeah. But I'm sure I'll have more to say about this game in the coming weeks. I'm going to be playing it a lot. And uh, I'm really feeling like I'm on the, you know, I'm, I'm part of the Z- Zeitgeist again. And um, and I, uh, I'm i starting to get some of the jokes people are making online about it. I think that it's a game that's probably going to be talked about for quite a while because it has a really good form to it that there'll be able to do, I bet, a lot of DLC and probably 
people are going to eventually do custom stuff where they're basically making their own campaigns and stuff in it, I bet, through mods. So, yeah, it's. I think this game's got a lot of potential. And as something, as somebody that's, it would be very hard to win me over to wanting to play this kind of game. And here I am recommending it to other people. So that should say something. No, I heard it's good. I'll just, uh, I'll probably play it in the year of 3030 or 2030. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be anytime soon. Maybe when it comes to Switch 2 and it's on sale for 20 bucks, I'll try it. It'll be like Elden Ring. It's going to, it's, it's going to be like Elden Ring where everybody's going to have a chance to play it. Eventually it's going to, going to be on everything like skyrim and well if the new uh if the if the newest other shits. if the newest of the new switch 2 rumors are true it'll be on switch 2 i don't know if you saw that about how they're like switch 2 yeah, ps ps5 level i don't believe it it's a final fantasy 7 uh whatever remix launch title yeah that's a yeah that's a ps4 game i know it is but whoever but whoever said it said ps5 level and i'm like okay sure but whatever well, let's talk about Sea of Stars because I finally got a chance to play it. I haven't played it that much, but uh, but I liked what I played. I got maybe I put maybe like three hours into it. I actually like dove into it last night. And I kind of wasn't really that really sure about it. Like I was playing the beginning part, like the the whatever the training part, and I was like, oh my god, this game is boring. So I stopped playing and I played a uh, Fire Emblem Warriors for a while. But I was like, all right, you gotta you gotta play it for the show. <laughs> So then I so then I started playing it and once you once you start getting into like the battle mechanics and stuff like that I do actually really like it. I like the battle mechanics even though I suck at it. Like I'm uh I'm very bad at at doing the defense at the right time. Did you add the rune that can flash to make sure you're, you're no. doing it on time? No, but I know about that. I know that's there. I, I recommend it. It's kind yeah, of like I don't it seems kind of like easy mode to me. I know it isn't, but I mean it's I, not, but I was like I don't not, I was no. like I don't need that. So I've I've been trying to not, learn it without it and I've actually gotten better, but I still I've still died probably more than I know. I've died like six times probably in this game already in like three hours. So you still, so. Even with the rune on, you still have to figure out what, what the exact time is. You have to figure out the cues still. It just helps you that, you know, once you've, you've got that cue, like to confirm that you actually, uh, you know, deflected it. Because there's so much going on. It's so chaotic. Right. You can't always hear whatever the audio signal is or whatever that lets you know you did it right. So, right. I mean, it's not like a... Yeah, it's not like a flash before the before the, the the moment that you're supposed to hit the button to let you know, hey, hit the button. Oh, it'll just like Afterward, let you know that you did it. That you got it. It's a confirmation that you got it correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's, it's not a cheat. Yeah, because it makes a little noise, but the noise is really little that you might not always notice it. And also, it's like it's hard to tell. Like it's like you deflected it, but you still lost some damage. So it's like, but is this supposed? Did you do it right? Like, so I understand like you're putting it on there to be like, all right, did you do it right? But I do like the whole um. I like the whole like gaining your uh, your magic points back from fighting. Like that kind of, it's completely different, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of Doom of the 2016 Doom. You know, where like you run out of bullets and then you do like melee and you get your bullets back. Like, and it reminds me of like that back and forth thing, and I really like that because most games it's kind of a pain in the ass to get your magic points back, and I like I feel like this balances it better. You know, where it's like, you know, you do your magic, and it's not as it, it's not as dependent on magic, and I like that as well. And what's his face, Garl? That guy's awesome. the the, yep. war, the warrior cook. I thought that uh, that being my my middle name because that guy's really cool. I, I like him a lot, and I like his moves. Yeah, I like and, and yeah, uh, he's the Samwise. And you can like, um, you know, you can cook stuff with. He teaches you how to cook, and I like how you can like throw tomatoes at people, like in a good way. You know, it's like here, eat this tomato because I like tomatoes, and the and I think the vegetables look really nice in this. I mean, everything looks very very nice. Like the graphics are very very good, and I think it's. 
I think it looks gorgeous. Like I was playing it on the on the 4K last night, and I was like, "Yeah, this game is beautiful. The animations are great." I mean that, and in that way, you know, if you're trying to find ways to, you know, make it have it remind you of the messenger, I think the you know the animation is is, is as beautiful as the messenger animation was, and all that. So, has anybody seen any direct references to the messenger yet? No, no. I, I heard it was Neither a prequel, so maybe at the end someone will end up being a messenger person or something like that. But I mean, how far how far have you got into it, John? Like where like where you're at? I'm probably the one I'm that's about farthest behind. Five hours in, so I think you're just a little bit behind me. I just uh, what what um, what what did what, I do? Where, where are you at? Where are you at right now? I got I got to the part where you like hit the people, and then you can suck the dots that come off of them into yourself, and and then you fight like okay. a big like robot guy. After that, that robot guy killed me like two times before I beat him. Yeah, I'm beyond that. I there's basically a first um, town, and I've I've just uh saved the first town where the guy like grabs you and throws you across the world like i'm i'm like just after that okay where yeah he puts you in the I'm ball and throws you. you you're you're about to get to the town so you went to the town where you had to go in the boat to get to it yes I, yeah okay yeah yeah i'm not too far past that well I, i've just crossed the 10 hour point i beat a necromancer which i think is the following town get you into the necromancer uh the plot point but the necromancer was the hardest boss i fought um I probably played it at least ten times before I was a, before I was able to beat it, and that's because between the timing being really important, being able to block and being able to get the the extra attack bonuses and stuff, you also just have to be really effective with the order you send them out, how you buff each other up, and then what kind of consumables you have. Because this game really makes you manage those consumables and those and those turn orders. Like you can just you just get completely wrecked if you don't do that right. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I ended up having a really kind of laser focus on the systems of the game to beat this necromancer. And I mean, there wasn't much else to do. Like, I could have maybe ran out and tried to try to grind or went and maybe bought a bunch of items, but I decided to just take, you know, the game's cue that I didn't need to grind and I just played it enough times and I just need to play it the right way to beat it. And that's what happened. Yeah. Also, they'll only let you like carry like so much stuff at once, at least as far as it goes for like yeah. meals and things. You can only have ten meals, and that may even be like berry jam or something like that. Even counts as one of cooking the is things. very very important. So you have to. So cooking is important, but you also can't like, you know, you can't make like two hundred uh, uh, tomato sandwiches or whatever. You can only carry so much. So it's like right in that way. I think it kind of, and like you were saying last week. You know, it really doesn't get, I don't feel like it gives you a whole lot of experience. Like it takes you a long time to level up and then everybody levels up at once together, you know? So I feel like it would be kind of hard to grind. And I think they're like, I think you said last week also, they're encouraging you not to grind. They're more encouraging you to learn the game and to learn the, you know, the, the action based uh, combat and, and all that. And I like that. I think that's cool. And I think it, you know, makes it. Uh, the revive mechanic of like you getting revived after like two turns or whatever automatically yeah that's cool is too. a really cool mechanic that's like integral to the to the battle system like i think yeah. you could try to keep everybody healed but sometimes you're better off letting someone die to get an extra couple yeah, hits knocked out. Yep. because you know they're going to come back and you don't have to use a consumable for that but yeah that's cool they got the stars circling around their heads mm-hmm. the stars are you know how many more turns until they get revived a lot of slick stuff like that just let you know uh, how the game works and communicating with the player and there's also like i haven't gotten really good at it yet but all the 
things that appear above the the bosses' heads and well, just the standard enemies. Oh yeah, we that's can kind the, of break. That's them. the series of things you can do, yeah, to break them. So if they're about to do a really long, like so, for instance, this necromancer had a had an AOE effect that could kill all of us if we if if we weren't staying on top of healing, you know, one hit. That's what kept taking me out. Yeah, and uh, you just have to like break. I had to learn to break the attacks, and I also had to learn to. One of them had a one of the, my characters has uh, has a special where it's essentially a buff that absorbs your first hit that you receive. So if you keep that, that also helped a lot keeping that for when those AOE spells came up. Even if with not those, everybody uh, survived, one or two might if they still had that yeah. activated. With those defense break patterns, I wonder how much the game is like, you know, looking at your characters and their abilities and saying and making it making a defense break pattern that's actually possible for you to do at that time at the start of the yeah. fight or i mean is it just is it totally you know inconsiderate of that and like hey if you're not up to stuff by this point you should get up to stuff you know do you know what i mean yeah. i wonder how much it's actually customized to your actual abilities or like is there what or is there like just one like sometimes sometimes you know if you have you know three enemies and they have you know two different attack defense break patterns on them you know if you're, you're like what's the best way maybe there's only maybe there's only one way to do it one combination of moves that you could do to get the best result i'm, I'm just wondering how much how much how much it's uh taking that into account i guess i i think i mean i don't know if it specifically does it like depending on whatever your character has i, I thought it was just like this is what it is and try yeah. to do it before they attack like like that sort of thing and i've done it sometimes but a lot of times it's like well how am i supposed to hit all these guys with this in this one turn because if you don't in the one turn then they'll hit you so yeah there's been a couple of times where i've just looked at those and said oh there's no possible way but then i really thought about it and oh wait a minute what if i did this and then this and then this and then cool and then i got it and mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of kind of neat it's like a like a puzzle yeah yeah Right, it is that's, a puzzle. So, like, if you're fighting an enemy, for instance, that's you know weak to physical, and then you know which character you've buffed with the physical. Which for me, it's my main character. Like, I just keep kind of giving it physical buffs when I can do it at, at level up. Then you want to build up those. You want to do the physical attacks that also give you back your magic points, which is another thing I love. That you're always kind of yeah, yeah, that's doing yeah. this sort of like uh, tug of rope between physical and magic attacks because you kind of have to. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's like it's like Doom. It's like when you have to chainsaw the guys to get your to get your ammo back. Like it's it's, it's, it's kind of very oh, similar balance. Yeah, yeah. In the Doom 2016, I like that. Like if you run out of bullets, you just go and cut somebody up with your chainsaw, and they give you and they give you ammo back. That's kind of that's kind of how the balance yeah, so is. That's where you want to mix it between. That's why you always want to do the melee attack whenever they're whenever they're flashing, so you can get your, so you get more ammo back that way. So with your parties, you might you know figure out who's got the strongest attack. And then you buff them with the first two people by doing physical attacks, and you're also building it back there, magic points at the same time by doing the physical attacks. And then you're getting the like star thingies that you can charge your attack up with. And then on that third turn, when you attack with your strongest guy, he's going to be even stronger because he's been buffed up. So it's just all about kind of the give and take of those things. And and when it all comes down to it, it's a very elegantly made battle system that I actually really, really like. Yeah. That's uh, that's kind of what yeah that's really what pulled me along with it. I was like, oh yeah, this this battle system is actually really unique. Like I can't think of anything offhand that's that's like that. That's like the way it is. I think it keeps any one character from seeming like either OP or underpowered because everybody's kind of got their role when, it, when you have this sort of a give and take battle system. For sure. I bet you're you're still liking it, John, even though you're not an RPG person. I'm enjoying it. 
fact, I'm, this got me wondering, like, what other similar RPGs or action RPGs are out there that, that I might enjoy after I finish this? I was going to say, I, I mean, this. I told you before. Super Mario RPG. I was just saying, probably the one that you would go to after this. I would say. Well, I mean, Mario yeah, RPG. Yeah, the new one coming out. Uh, yes, but I was going to say this reminds me more of that in gameplay than Chrono Trigger. Yeah, but I mean the, the that and the, I was saying one that's readily available to you right now that's already on your Switch, Mario and Luigi mm-hmm. Superstar Saga, is very yep. very actiony. And what I like about that, which I would say is better than this game, is instead of like hitting a button for you to block something, you hit a button to completely jump out of the way of something. You know, so it's like. Yeah. makes it even more actiony. Like a lot of that is like jumping and dodging like you would in a Mario game and I thought they did a really good job of bringing that into the battle system. But I'd say like that's probably that most actiony thing that you already have. You could just play it on your Game Boy Advance app on your Switch. Like I, I, I say play that game. Like it's uh and it's and it's definitely difficult too. And you can rewind on that and save whenever you want if you yeah. have to, you know. <laughs> so I mean I totally rewound through that final boss cuz that final boss is hard. I had to towards the end there, where they just give you the one hit point. But it is very, it is very, very actiony, and you know you don't even have to spend any money on that. You could just go play that one. It's it's, it's already right. on there. Yeah, they found the way. They found the way to pull me in. I mean, I mean, the messenger tie-in, you know, got me thinking like, I, mean, I, I like the messenger so much. I got to play this game. Got to give it a shot. And then they did the demo, and the demo was great. And you know, I, I bought the game, and I'm really enjoying it. And I intend to play it all the way through. Yeah, I heard it's not that. I mean, compared to most RPGs, it's not that long, which makes me happy. It says they, like thirty hours. So. Yeah, thirty hours, which is great. That's a great. That's a great. It's a price. It, isn't it like? Isn't it like thirty bucks too, or is it twenty bucks for whatever the price is? It was forty bucks. Sea of Stars was forty. Yep. Oh, I thought it was. Th- I thought it was less than that. I thought it was like twenty or thirty. I mean, it does it doesn't really matter, I guess. But I, th- I thought it was on. I thought it was on the on the less. I thought it was more around the twenty, the twenty dollar range. This also got me thinking that, like, you know, the timing and the action aspect, it just popped into my head as I was playing it the other day, that these bosses are kind of like, kind of like, like Punch-Out bosses. And I got thinking, like, what if, what if Punch-Out was an action RPG? Like, I think that could be such a cool way to revive that series, to look at something like Sea of Stars and, you know, put a, put a Punch-Out skin over it, you know, where you're, you face the boss and, and you know they got their certain attack patterns i mean the bosses could even be just straight up you know classic punch out you don't have to change anything really about that but just i, I think i see a way forward for that series if uh nintendo is looking to hand it out to sabotage studios i think they could do a good job with it hmm. i mean i always i always like the idea of like action games that are turned into rpgs you know like uh I kind of like it, and I haven't set, played much more of WrestleQuest, but I like that idea of like wrestling as an RPG, or like what was it? Somebody made like a Doom RPG. I never actually played it, but that sounded really intriguing to me. You know, where you just break it down like a uh, like you know beat by beat or whatever, like turn by turn. I, I do feel I do feel like the um, I feel like some people might be upset if like the next Punch Out game was an RPG and you didn't actually just get like a like give us a regular Punch Out game and then give us an RPG. Don't don't do the you know, don't do the uh, Federation Force thing with Metroid Prime where we don't see anything and then we get Blitzball or whatever the fuck it's called from Federation Force and everybody's mad because they just want a regular yeah. Metroid Prime game. You just need to do both is what you need. You need We need to be in that beautiful time, which I think was maybe one of the best gaming years of all time, where we have like where we have so many Metroid games that we can have a Metroid pinball game on DS. And people are like, hey, yeah. that's cool because we got three other Metroid Prime games out there. So why not? Let's make a fucking weird ass pinball game. Then make it cool. I feel like the reason we haven't seen a punch out in over ten years at this point, though, is that you know all all three of those punch out games are 
are essentially the same and you know, they're just sort of better looking versions of the same idea and nintendo's a company that's like we want to we're not going to make a game unless there's like some great new idea to it and i just feel like sure yeah gussy it up a little bit add, add some story now it can be something new and different and you set a path forward for that franchise which it can feel very like very much like like uh a classic punch out, especially in those boss fights, but you just add some more meat to the bones. I, I would, I was going to say that I think the reason they never did any more punch out games is because the punch out Wii game was so perfect. They were just like, we don't need to do anything else. We could just walk away because that game was badass. Like, really, it was great. It was great. And yeah. I would argue that I don't think they're exactly the same with a different coat of paint. Like, they, they definitely feel different. But I love, but I love that Wii one. I played the crap out of it. You know, even though I got KO'd so many times that I got the special helmet. Where you don't, you know, where you, if you get knocked down, if you get like game overs enough times, you get this dumb helmet that you, that you can wear that makes it a little easier. I definitely like that game's hardest. My brain, my brain was definitely firing like, like all over the place when you suggested it as an RPG, though, because I could see it in my head perfectly. Like, you know, you're going to go fight Gabby J and it's like yeah. in France town or something. I don't know if that exists, but you're like in wherever he's France from town. France or whatever in New York <laughs> yeah. and you find him there at like a at like a French bakery or something and he's eating a baguette. Like, they're like, this guy's here every day. We wish he'd leave. Like, he really creeps out customers. You know, you could get, like, a whole, like, story of him, like, beyond just being in the boxing ring. And then, like, maybe, right. like, you fight him at some, like, really shitty, like, warehouse or something. It's not a real boxing ring because maybe he used to be, like, this great boxer, like, 30 years ago or something. But now he's just, like, aged out. And there's just so so much uh, things, ideas came into my head of like where when yeah. you do end up fighting like Nick and Rick Bruiser, like maybe they've got like this really nice like boxing club and it's like underground and well, that, I mean that's like yeah, the so. that's like the end of the game. Like I figured that Gabby J mm. or Glass Joe <laughs> that that's like tutorial, like that's the very beginning. Right, like, exactly. they're, they're the ones who teach, that's teach sort of you like how, how the the game will go. You know, that's so the reason why I thought an RPG would be a great way. Action RPG would be a great way forward for Punch Out because they they do such a great job of the characterization already. And, and they make you wonder, like, okay, who are these guys, you know, outside of the boxing ring and all that? I think that there's a lot of room for uh, for expanding upon these characters with, with that kind of format. Maybe you go to, like, the circus, and, like, at night, they use the circus ring as a boxing ring for Mad Clown. For Mad Clown, you know, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's, like, a really shitty clown during the day that nobody likes, but at night, that's where they really make their money off of him because there's got this illegal boxing club or something that he's part of. Yeah, I, I was thinking of, uh, you know, just, like, just like uh, trudging through the snow to find a bear hugger or whatever, wherever he's at. Isn't he like Canadian or something? Wouldn't he, wouldn't he be like in the, in the mountains? I think so. Yeah. He's in the snowy mountains. And, but he's, yeah, he's Canadian. It, it's really cold, but he's still wearing that overalls, the overalls with no t-shirt just because he's that crazy. He like lives yeah. in a cave, but you go in the cave and there's like a TV, like a, a mini fridge and stuff. And he like <laughs> lives in there. It's not just, he's not actually a bear, but he's got molten ice. Yeah. But he, he doesn't still, wear a shirt, even though there's snow everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> even though it's really cold, he still just doesn't wear a shirt. He doesn't need it. It would be. It would and be. Then, a fun like game. you go to a, like a retirement home to fight that guy with the cane, whatever that guy's name was. Poi Carlo. Yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Big one. He's the one I couldn't beat. I mean, I did beat him eventually, and then it's yeah, Rick and Nick. Rick and Nick Bruiser would be the end boss, or there'd be a secret. Uh, maybe you fight Mister Dream or whatever, or you, or you can maybe you can. Uh, fight a version of mike tyson they never they never do that to get the licensing but it'd, it'd be fun you actually go to like a pigeon a pigeon place and that's where you find mike tyson he's retired he's <laughs> yeah, so with his yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I did forget speaking of not mike tyson but this reminded me of it i, I did see dennis rodman at a at, at the AEW event 
And uh, oh, he, yeah, so he was there. And, and he broke he broke a guitar over somebody's head, which is pretty cool. Because he was he was in the buy-in. You can actually watch the the match. He was actually he was with he was with the acclaimed. He joined he joined up with the acclaimed on that. That was the final match of the free of like the free hour that you get before every pay per view. So you can watch that. But yeah, it was nice to see him uh, break uh, Jeff Jarrett's guitar over somebody's head. So yeah, that was uh. Sabotage announced that they are already making a making a DLC for CSJRs. They even gave it a name. It's called Throws of the Watchmaker. Oh, and supposedly it's going to have even further ties to the Messenger. And they're already uh, they I mean they've been reviewed really well. They already got like two hundred fifty thousand copies sold. Yep, which is pretty good for it for an indie for an indie thing, right? At forty bucks, yeah, yeah, thirty. It was a thirty-five actually. I looked it up, but still. It's close enough. Thirty four ninety nine. I thought it. I thought it was like nineteen ninety nine, but I didn't pay for it, so I don't know. That might have been around what I paid for Kickstarter, whenever, whenever that was. But no, I like. I like it a lot. It's um, you know, it's got all the things that I like. It's, it looks. It looks very pretty. The music's great, and the battle system is really good. So that's uh, yeah. I, I definitely want to keep playing it. It's uh, it's very, it's very, very pretty. Even though I, like I said, I'm, I suck at it. <laughs> I've I've died more than I die most of the time in on RPGs. So because those those timed hits. They're not uh, not used to it yet. But is there anything else anybody wanted to say about Sea of Stars? Go and get it. We're on that next week for sure. Yep. Oh, yeah. Take a break and then we'll talk about Mario Wonder. All right. Wonder Direct. Sure. Break time. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo main expansion pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over.
we're back from the break. Let's talk about the Super Mario Brothers Wonder Direct. I watched it a couple more times today. I mean, I was doing other things around the house, so I wasn't paying that much attention to it. But we were, I watched it again. I watched it. I, I watched it in the morning ish. You know, I didn't watch it like right when it came out, but I watched it uh, maybe like an hour or so after after it came on. And then I watched it again with Jess, and uh, Jess made a point, and I feel it as well. It kind of felt like they were borrowing some stuff from the Yoshi games for this one. <laughs> it felt it felt a little felt a little bit like some of those some of those as far titles as crafted look. Well, I mean the, the the look, and also when you get into when you get into the different badges that you get and stuff like that, that that was used in previous Yoshi games, especially Crafted mm-hmm. World had a lot of that, where you could get power ups that did different things like that. I felt like that came straight from Yoshi, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, and also I think uh, I thought the online stuff was a little complicated when I was watching it. My brain was like, wait, what? They it, they were they were throwing a lot of information at you. Yeah, I was expecting some ultra simplified version of Mario, kind of like Mario. New Mario was like New Mario Brothers were kind of like that, but this sounds like they're really kind of like putting all they can into it, hoping that it'll have lasting appeal for online multiplayer and stuff. Yeah, I I like that that they have basically you can have an always on mode where you're playing single player or whatever, and, and you'll see other players randomly pop up in your level and say hello or whatever. That's kind of cool. Or you can also it's like a Mario Dark Souls kind of right where you can find notes yeah. notes about what's what the next thing is, or you can see wherever whoever died. Like that's kind of what it reminded me of, or I guess Demon Souls because yeah. that's the only one that I played. But you could do that in that game too. Kind of. I also like that, that they chose to make the online players appear, you know, kind of like ghosts or like you know see through transparent versus just some other random guy just showing up in your game. I think that would get annoying, but you can you can sort of you know, choose to ignore them. They kind of fade into the background a little bit. That, I think that's a cool visual choice and helps you to keep your focus on on you versus any other random people who happen to be running through sure i mean that's good i think they also you said this you thought this looked like yoshi stuff and i think it looks like um also in addition it looks like it's got a huge mario odyssey and like uh, mario 3d world and stuff kind of influence because all those like sections where it switches to 2d or where like the gravity changes and you're walking on the wall or whatever oh yeah yeah. it looks like something from uh from mario 3d world or 3d land Oh yeah, sure. Or like, or Galaxy too. Like, had some stuff yeah. that was like that as well. It was just like a freewheeling creativity about it that I'm enjoying. That's common in those games too. Freewheeling. Um, what what I was gonna say as to what you were saying about the about the online stuff. Um, it, when you're playing by yourself, like not with friends, and there's you know, and there's people in the background that are ghosts or whatever. I think that's cool, but what is kind of a bummer is like, what if I want to play with like you or Jeremy or or like Jess and I want to play with like Tim and Tim and his wife? Like it's I th- it's not going to feel as I mean you can, but there's still ghosts in the background. Like it's not going to feel like it would when you're doing a local multiplayer thing. So that that's that was kind of a bummer. Like you can, yes, you can play. You can you can start a room and you can have friends in there, but it still looks the same as it does when you're playing with random people. Like they still are. Or like faded out. People oh, in the like background. you you would rather they not be faded out. But got it. I, so I, I would rather. It's still, would, it's still a closed room. If it's a closed room, then yeah. you'd rather they not be faded. I wonder if that's an, an option or something that you can switch that on. I would just rather that it was like a local, like it like it is for local co op, but online. Yeah. Like why is that not? It's kind of weird that that's not a thing. But also, uh, yeah, just just pointed out, uh, Bowser Bowser, uh, he becomes castle now. He's a, he's he has he has bonded with a castle. That's what happened in this story. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big giant I mean, castle creature floating around. 
So that's new, I guess. He hasn't done that before. So right, he's Bowser's a sentient villain. Like, what? What's his intention with that? What's his plan? I don't think Bowser really thinks these plans out sometimes. Congrats, <laughs> like, you're a castle. Now what? Uh, take over the world, turn other castles into like castles like you is what it seems like in the in the direct here. It's changing. Build change. a giant castle in the shape of your original body, and then you live in that as a castle form of your original self. He's like, castle I mean, he, he's a floating castle, but it also looks like it's just a giant, you know, like the giant Bowser floaty thing. Except now he's a big head with a castle on top of his head. But he could turn all the Flower Kingdom into basically, you know, into Bowser castles where they where they lock the the flower people in there. Is, is what it looks like. I, I am I'm, I'm bummed that like uh that the Yoshi's got nerfed to where they're kind of like kids mode now, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you're the Yoshi's, you don't lose your life when you get hit. It's like, can't we just play as Yoshi's if we want to? Like, why do they have to be like so? OP? How do you feel about Yoshi riding on Yoshi? I'm all right with that. They can ride on each other. I just, I just wish that they were. You could play a Yoshi like you could any other character. It's like, yeah, and also so you could stack Yoshi's forever. You can only like do one on the other. But I think it's just one got, on the other. If you got eight players, why can't I have eight Yoshi's stacked one on top of another? <laughs> and then you do like the super jump where you like make the one fall into the pit, and you just keep doing that over right. and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. That's, so you can have so many more jumps. Um, I, I did. I, I was a little bummed that like all of the characters, like speaking of like that sort of thing, that all the characters are the same now. Like uh, Luigi doesn't. You don't have the characteristics of Luigi. He doesn't have that extra high jump or like the the skidding. Yeah. Uh, Peach doesn't have the float. You know, uh, Toad isn't like faster. Like it's it's not. You know, they kind of got rid of all that, and that made me a little bit sad because I did like when they kind of had their own personalities. Yeah, I like that they had their own personalities and stuff, but I think they had to do that because of the badge system that they added to where now you can, if you want him to have a different ability, you can just like customize your Mario and yeah, yeah. add different badges to him. Mm-hmm. That's totally a Yoshi thing, though, because you could, you, could, you could do that in the other game where you add a, but I like that stuff. Yeah, you can do like, of course, like the, the um, coin collection. Oh, and it was, a, it was confirmed. Somebody found it in the Japanese options, but you can turn off those stupid fucking flowers. You can shut them up. So hooray. I want nothing to do with them. I do not want them to ever talk to me ever again. Well, I guess they haven't yet, but I'm going to automatically turn that off when I get the game and be like, zip it. I mean, I can read it. I can read it if I, if I care to see what they're saying, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't need that. So already annoying me just from the direct, but yeah, no, you can, you can zip it on them. So that's pretty awesome. Hooray. Death, death, the dumb flowers. And I, I, I read somewhere that they, they weren't like on a, they weren't on a deadline for this game. So like, that's part yeah. of a, why it looks so cool. Like they could just kind of like, just take their time with it and be done with it whenever they were done with it. But that was a big thing, which uh, more developers should do that and not kill your developers by having them, you know, yeah. have it to has to have to do the crunch time and all that, where you get no sleep and even less pay and, and all that for whatever your stupid game is. Of course they could, they could do that with this game though, because they have untold billions of dollars and Mario is their number one, most important property so they have to get it right but if you can't afford it other developers you know give, give your give your guys some leeway let them be creative yeah reap the benefits later yeah whatever that that, that miyamoto uh uh quote that he probably never said about uh games being delayed or or bad or whatever like think of that quote and just uh you know don't don't uh stress out your your, your creators and whatnot what do you guys think of the what do you think of the voice the voices you know what? I really, I really did not notice the Mario voice at all. I, I honestly, I thought the Mario voice wasn't even in there. 
<laughs> when I was yeah, watching I think the they, direct. I think they still downplayed it. I mean, I it is it still is, downplayed. It. it it is there. Uh, I watched a video. I think Game Explained put it up where they compared the voices between uh, Martin A and that one, and they're they're not really that different. There was a thing I saw on Twitter, which is kind of funny, where Nintendo was basically like, you want to know who's doing Mario? Look at the fucking credits. You can beat the game, and then you'll find out. And I'm like, all right, okay, well, sure, thanks. It's up your ass, yes. you know? <laughs> Confirms my theory. They're just never going to highlight the next person, the next Mario. That's <laughs> that's why they got a new Mario, because Charles was getting too hot, especially with that Mario movie. People got upset that he wasn't in the Mario movie. They said, he he oh, was, oh. though. Oh, well, that he wasn't the main. But he wasn't Mario, yep. And apparently he doesn't know what a Mario ambassador is. That's I, I don't either. Yeah. Who does? Actually, so do you want to try to just play that, that clip? There's a clip of him that went out this week speaking on the subject for the first time. I mean, I, I haven't watched it yet. This is uh, from GalaxyCon in Austin. Is, isn't it like isn't it like 40 minutes long or something? No, the one that I linked to right there is, is 30 seconds or something. Oh, oh, okay. Well, let's see if it'll play or not. I am now, you might have seen the news, I'm a Mario ambassador. I don't know what that is yet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not retired, as, as it were, as I don't know how, but I, I'm an ambassador. And as we step forward into the future, I will learn, we'll all learn what exactly that is. But in the meantime, you know, I'll be ambassadoring as I always, I, I'm always an ambassador at, at, of Nintendo and Mario at all of these events because I, I just cherish every moment of it. And I, and I hope that, you know, your love of the game continues and grows the way mine does. So thank you so much. Let's ask a couple of questions. Go ahead. Ask me. But don't ask me about the ambassadorship or every time we, I don't know anything about it. But don't ask me about the movie because I haven't seen it yet. Don't tell me what happens. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I thought that was he had such a great attitude about it, which could be expected if you've if you've heard the guy in interviews before. He just got a good attitude, and he seems to live in the moment. And he appreciate he appreciated his time as Mario, and appreciates his new role, whatever that is, even though he doesn't know what it is exactly. <laughs> He's waiting for that direct that's going to have him in it, where 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 they tell like <laughs> what actually. Happens. He's like, yeah, it's like I can't wait to see what I say in this message with Miyamoto. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just waiting for Miyamoto to call for them to do that to, to record it or whatever. However, they put. I that also on. thought it was funny that he revealed that he hasn't seen the movie yet. Oh, really? Yeah, he he read he read, the, he read the reviews. He knew better. <laughs> he he saw that forty percent and he's like, mm, I don't know. He didn't he want to watch his anime. He he didn't want to shell out that five dollars for Peacock. Actually, it's six now. Got to get to head up the price. Or no, I think I think the game looks. I think the game looks really pretty. Um, I like I like the levels that are in there. Yeah, it's got some weird shit in it that I still don't really understand. Like, uh, like the like where you like where you put up like you can basically kind of create your own checkpoint. I guess it's not that weird, but you put up like a little like stand up of Mario in case you die, and then your ghost can like float back to it to bring yourself alive again. There's something we've never seen before in a Mario game that you can buy. Uh, That's you, cool. You yeah, buy checkpoints you that, that you put around. You can do that if you want to, or just ignore it entirely if you want the challenge mm-hmm. there's a lot of new there's not a lot of new looking characters in there too they're showing up i think elephant mario is just the elephant from donkey Kong country 3 it's just that all over again <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> kind of i mean you can you can do the water thing i just hope that it's still afraid of mice are there mice in here somewhere Same. that are gonna they're gonna freak it out i just like they, they kind of go through some of the new characters in here like the hoppy cats like the ones that like hop when you hop like that that's actually the, i think those were in metroid <laughs> they look very similar this, to uh, this to, a character. to uh, Samus Returns. Uh, uh, enemy is like the happy cat. They were in uh, 
3D World, right? If not 3, 3D World, it was in Mario Maker 2, which um, those are in the 3D World levels in Mario Maker 2. There's these characters that wait till you jump, then they'll jump after you jump. I mean, there were yeah, there were levels that there were levels where the um where the ground moved when you, when you jumped, but I don't remember seeing the the hoppy cats like looking specifically like that. But I mean, I don't know. You, you played a lot more of Mario Maker two than I did. It was the the melon piranha plants that shoot seeds at you. They're kind of cool. They look like uh, watermelons. I like the con darts too. Yeah, the, the birds. A lot of people were playing it. Um, yeah, at, uh, at the Nintendo Live event, and then there was I guess a bunch of YouTubers got invited to Nintendo. Uh, New York, the store, and yeah, a lot of footage went up over the last couple of days of people playing the game, and everybody seems to be unanimous in their enjoyment of it. Yeah, you, you were right that it would, that it showed that it would show up at Nintendo Live, and and it did. And I figured I should. Well, I didn't. You know, I I was a good. I didn't think about it, but yeah, it was. Uh, I've, yeah, if they're showing the direct and it's coming out next month, it's like yeah, it should be out there. And yep. Yeah, it seemed it seemed to be getting yeah, it's got pretty good impressions out there of it so far from people playing it. I just like I, I like some of these new characters like the Mumsy, the one that you like unravel, like that's fun. Or the Conks, or these big Malmas with giant mouths that are that chase you around. It's just nice to see you know it, it's it's nice to see new new people in here. Like we only see, we see, you know we we've seen the Koopa Troopas a billion fucking times. I'm, I'm ready ready for for new blood, you know. Crazy! It's happening so soon. Like we'll have this game next month, and uh, yeah. I, I am really looking forward to it. It's like I'm not super excited about it, like I would be about a new 3D Mario game. But you know, I'm a lover of all things 2D when it comes to like Mario, and you know, Mario one arguably being one of my favorite games of all time. No matter what it looks like, I don't think it's going to communicate how fun it's going to be until you yeah. actually play it. That's just it's every Mario like- game. I wonder if it's going to hit me like Tears did. Like, I was not excited for Tears before it actually came out, and then it was revealed to be this actually, like, you know, grand expansion upon Breath of the Wild that nobody was really expecting. I, I wonder if that's the same thing that's going to happen with this. I think everybody it's kind of like, oh, cool, new 2D Mario. Yeah, of course I'm getting it. But I wonder if uh, it'll just kind of open up. And Do you think the two of you will ever beat that game? <laughs> uh, tears of the kingdom i'm waiting for I'm jeremy waiting. really wants to talk about it i'm, I'm waiting for <laughs> i'm waiting for john to beat it and then i'll ha- and then i'll go back and beat it yeah i've seen I've i'll seen, go back and when, when i she, was just thinking about that today because actually um it was nintendo life or somebody posted about the end of the game like okay everybody's beat this game by now we're gonna have this open discussion about the end of the game i'm like oh shit i got <laughs> i better go actually beat the thing so i mean people yes, did, I did that like it. a month or two ago we also have somewhat, I don't know if it's confirmation or if it's still on the rumor mill, but what what source was that saying that they don't plan on making DLC for this game? I thought it was from that. I thought it was that from was a direct, direct interview. Bionuma. Yeah. So we're not going yeah. to get DLC for Tears, which You're means not like getting my DLC. whole plan of going back to get those last few shrines. and. Oh, was, you were going to wait for the DLC? Yeah, I was going to kind of like to get hyped up for the DLC. I was going to go back and finish up whatever shrines i didn't get and stuff but now i'm just kind of like i don't know i haven't played that game in months me either <laughs> yeah this is from ign in an interview with um uh famitsu ign uma said that there are no plans to release additional content at this time but that's because i feel like we've done everything we can to create fun in that world it's probably just packed to the gills with what they could fit in it like right they just, maybe they can't put anything else. 
I mean, I'm, I'm really, I, I was actually happy to see that because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to return to that world. <laughs> if there was a, if there was like a third Breath of the Wild or whatever, I would be hesitant about getting it because I, I want something else. I want something different. I want something more like the older Zelda games is what I want. But I mean, you know, I won't get that. Well, but I want but, something I new and unexpected. Yeah, I will stand. I do by too, but I don't the, want that. I don't want that same fucking map. I'm, 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 I'm over. I will it. stand by. The most disappointing thing about the game was the dungeons, and yeah, it's sad did. because everybody wanted the dungeons back. They brought them back, and they were pretty bad. Uh, I won't say they're like awful, but they're just—they were just too samey. They're not well. They're—they're they're just the divine beasts all over again. But even the divine really. beasts, I think, had but even had with more, the, had more the divine beasts had, yeah, because the divine beasts each had like a—you uh, gained some sort of control over the shape of the dungeon itself, were able to alter the map at a certain point and they don't do that in this game i mean they all kind of were i mean at least that one wasn't always like find five things and then beat a boss you know how all of these were not like that find five things beat a boss it was just very like well the end of the game is pretty fucking fantastic very cookie so i will say the end of the game <laughs> is really really good and it's the best ending of a zelda game i think like as far as 3d zeldas go it's my favorite of the endings I, I mean, it's I, it, you know, it's in the back of my mind. I'm waiting for, uh, like I said, once John gets there and we plan to do a spoiler cast and all that stuff, which we will on our expansion pack, I'm sure, on the Patreon, then I'll do it. So it's all on me. <laughs> well, He's I, really putting all the pressure on you. I figured that you yeah. get. I figured you get to it before I did, or do you? Or do I need? To, I have too many other games to play right now. The the play Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't even. I haven't even. No, I'll I haven't even back beat Pikmin. It. I haven't even beat Pikmin Four, and I love that game. There's just, I'm starting there's to feel the itch. Too, too much. Shit. I'm starting to think about trying a new, starting a file for tears, but not really. I've got enough on my plate right now. I'll beat it after Jeremy beats it a second time. Oh god! Yikes! I still got to go and play all those weird new uh, uh, Japanese uh, Game Boy and Super Nintendo games that just got added to the NSO. I need to go play those. Ooh, let's talk about that. <laughs> what did we get? I was absolutely certain that that Star Stacker was a, a Tetris Attack clone, but it but it is not. It isn't. No, it's different. I was looking. It at, feels. Yeah. It looks like it is, but it's not. I haven't played it yet. I, I was, was just playing it. I, I I was just you know trying it out because I hadn't. I I kind of forgot what it was, and you know it just flashed on my my system that the SNES was updated, and uh, it's like oh what what game did they add? I couldn't remember. And then it's all in Japanese, so it was a Kirby game. And, but I couldn't read exactly what it was. And then as soon as I started it up, it was like, oh, this is you know Tetris Attack again. But you're, no, you're right. It's different. And actually, I, I got sucked right in because I meant to just try it out for like two minutes before the show. And I ended up playing probably 30 minutes. I had like a really solid round going. So I just ended up saving it. I didn't even finish it before we started recording. I did the save state. and I got to go back and keep my, my round, round going because I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, I felt like these these updates to the NSO were basically like, here's some weird Japanese stuff that didn't come out here. Because, uh, yeah, the, right, Kirby, so the Kirby one is all in Japanese, and there's also that weird yeah. the, the weird Kunio Kun one that's like a racing game like that. I think that was yeah. Japan only, also. Correct. Yeah, the fighting game that, that was already on the, the Japanese one on the Japanese NSO. Oh yeah, that one so looked real for, just, that one looked really familiar. I guess I, I probably played it yeah. on that then because I was like I was like I swear I played yeah. this game. Yeah, it already was on there, and then the Kunio Kun one that I played that on the Kunio Kun collection. I played. I think that, I played that's a really that interesting on, game. I think I played that on the Japanese uh, NES app as well. The the Kunio Kun race. I think game. I think you're right. I think it is on there because because I've played that before. I've seen it. and I was like, wait, I played this, but I don't remember exactly where I played it. That's a really unique game, actually, for the NES. It's where oh, yeah. everybody should give it a try. 
it, it, it's it's kind of you know it's a little it's a little broken and a little frustrating in some some points but if you remember that hey they're trying this on the nes you can really appreciate it it's like a four player you know relay race or like uh, uh, you just like there's you run and you swim and you jump and fight and you're running through people's apartments and it's uh yeah, a very saw, unique game. I saw one of them. You're like, yeah, you're like running through a J- Japanese family's like a uh, living room, like and yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, you could you could go essentially to the, different places. The conceit is at the you know the Kunio Kun High School or whatever, and the Ketsu High School, whatever it was called. This is their field day, so you're playing their field day. Makes sense. Does anybody know anything about Quest for Camelot, the the uh, the Game Boy Color game that's on there? Yeah, I looked it up because it looked familiar to me, and then I realized that it was actually based on a movie, like one of those. Uh, actually, it, you can't tell, it, but I have it playing back here on my on my Switch, on, on, okay. on the other side of my shoulder here. That's the demo. Reel I did know it was Camelot. a game. Um, I knew it was a movie that came out in like the early two thousands, and I think it was I, more like late nineties or so. Was it? It okay. was like it was like that era when you know the Disney two D animation was hot, and then like five years later, all the other studios had their own 2d animation right i, I was i mean i was yeah. intrigued by it because it, it kind of looks like an action rpg uh, zelda ish type thing i was like oh I, I'll, I'll play that game but i haven't played it yet but i, I kind of like the way it looked but i don't know anything about it at all it's chibi as fuck i will say yeah from the about i played of it i mean but I, li- I like the way it looked though i like the way the game looked i don't know it kind of looked like you know I, it's, it'd be something that i would that i would fuck around with i wonder if this is one of those like rare random licensed games that was actually really good and people were clamoring for it. If there's some contingent that was asking for this game. That's well, just, the Game that's Boy Color has thing. some pretty legendary titles on it that yeah. were well, that went kinda over like were overlooked because it was kind of a flash in the pan as a system really. So so the quest for Camelot the movie came out in like nineteen nineteen ninety eight, May fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight. And yeah, I guess I guess the game came out at the same time. It kind of looks like uh, uh what's his face? It kind of looks like Don. Well, it's Blue's, a Game Boy Don Color Blue's game animation, so but I don't think it is. That makes sense. It's not. But I mean, the poster sort of sort of reminds me of that a little bit. I don't know. I recall hearing good things about it. I never saw it, but yeah, it, it, I was at my I was at my too cool to watch cartoons phase of my life at that point. Ah, never. Cartoons are awesome. Forever awesome. Uh, yeah, action action role playing game. That's what I saw. I was like, oh, that kind of looks like something I. I'd at least fuck around with a little bit. I mean, I played Sword of Vermilion. That was an action R- yeah. action RPG that I thought was fun. I mean, I played it for like a day, but it was fun enough as a free thing on the on the Sega thing. Let's see what did uh what did what is the reception? Game rankings gave it a score of fifty percent, and IGN <laughs> summarized the game as bad. Described it as core, it's, it's core <laughs> okay. mechanics is boring, walking between points and looking for objects. Cleveland noted Titus's reputation for games of poor quality especially games with licensed content. He criticized the rep- repetitive music and said only decent part of the game was its use of color. Wow. Sounds like a piece of shovelware, probably. All games Joe Ottoson criticized how gem collectibles were needed in order to save game progress. Ouch. He added that the gameplay was tedious and the menus poorly designed. I guess we got safe states in this version. So there you go. IGN, 4 out of 10 for, <laughs> for this game. Correct. IGN, eleven out of ten. It was okay. Yeah, <laughs> I saw somebody mentioning somebody comparing it to Superman sixty four. Wasn't wasn't it the same developer? Then didn't, didn't Titus do that as well? Like Marvel, yeah. yeah, you're right. So there you go. Yeah, I, th- I saw somebody posted it on uh, 
I think it was I think it was on Laser Time where they're like, oh, uh, they got Quest for Camelot on there. Does that mean Superman sixty four is coming is coming soon? I want Rotel Dorado. I want to find those Doritos already. I don't even though I, I don't see it on here as games that they made. That Superman sixty four had some interesting multiplayer though. Game Game Boy Color was a fucking was a shovelware factory and it's limited amount of time still. So. Yeah, Titus the amount of licensed games and then the amount of like uh games that were being released on bigger consoles that had some really shitty Game Boy color port of them. But then you get games like Metal Gear, which I want to play, which is supposed to be amazing. I played and it. Like, I fucking lost it, but I had it. I don't know where. Some other went, stuff. It's very good. Oh, yeah. The Ghost Babble. Let me think of the actual Japanese name. Of it There's a Perfect Dark game on Game Boy Color. I'm interested in. But yeah, they did They did make Superman 64 as well. Uh, Titus Interactive did. So they got some, they got some pretty good. They made Dick Tracy on NES. I remember that game. The game sucked. So <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it's kind of weird to see a license. That was game. the only game that made Prune Face look handsome. Because <laughs> you couldn't really see his face at all. Because there were because there were no uh, no bits in it. Whatever. There's another game that came out on NSO that uh, looks interesting. Let's say it's called Skateboard Drifting with Maxwell the Cat, the Game Simulator. Uh, it's a game that includes a bunch of memes riding skateboards whatever it's shovelware but the interesting thing is that it it includes the warped looking version of knuckles from the ugandan knuckles meme oh from the second life thing yeah is that where it originated from maybe it was a second life it was like whatever the sony vr thing was it oh yeah it was that thing yep it was a a vr thing yep but but there was the you know do you know the way that that thing knuckles and then like do like the 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 clicking sound that's supposed to sound like the whatever the swahili or whatever dialect that is yeah i'm just looking at this wondering how is this on here how is that not like how how is sega not suing whoever made this i mean for one it's not a sega character i mean they don't care yeah it's just a really bad version of knuckles yeah it's not actually but even in the description it says the description makes no bones about it it's it's knuckles the echidna it's even huh. though it's a warped, you know, parody version or whatever, maybe they're getting away with it because of that or something. It's just fascinating. That's very odd. You're right. Yeah, very odd. Especially coming from Nintendo, who is like so protective of their own IP. It's such if a flash were... in the pan a meme too. Like everyone, yeah. forgot about you got a knuckles real quick. I would think that Nintendo would want to protect the interests of of one of their uh, one of the, one of their their partners and like not put this game out, but. Yeah, it's out there. It's weird. I mean, nobody. It's fine. It, everybody will forget forget about it in like a day. I mean, they probably already sure. forgot about it. I mean, it looks stupid and don't pay money for it. I will say the first time I saw one of those videos, it was funny. I was in the back of my head being like, okay, you know, this is like early days of the internet where obviously it's very offensive, it's very racist, but um, it's lighthearted. I don't know. That doesn't change, but it's just kind of like I don't know. You're seeing just pure lunacy embodied by the randomosity of this thing that someone came up with that everybody piled onto and they are they're doing like a flash mob virtually really pretty much with it and it was really funny in its own bizarre fucked up way but i you know even at the time it's like okay this is just a product of its time like we will look back on this and cringe real heavily yep. real soon which we do and it's like why has you gotten knuckles a character in a new game that makes no yeah. sense. Four or five years after the fact. 
Like, are they going to bring back, like, uh, trying to get the two people? What's that, what's like that guy, it? Great A, Under A, or like uh, Pepe the Frog? Or, like, I'm just thinking of all these other offensive memes from like <laughs> yesteryear. Pepe got retired by the creator. I think I told you I watched that documentary about, about that frog yeah. guy. It was a really good documentary, actually. The uh, Feels Good Man is what the, mm-hmm. yeah. the movie was called. I bought it on Prime, like, way back in 2020. But yeah, he tried, he tried to retire the character, but everybody was all like, you can't do that course do you guys remember the youtube channel grade a under a no it was really popular for a few years there and it's like very very badly drawn like stick stick figures that were doing like social commentary and uh i don't know it was really funny and it, and at the time you know it was it was really cool but somehow that dude ended up being an asshole somehow and he fell off he still makes videos but no one cares about him anymore but i just think it would be funny if they took one of those like one of those because he has like two different stick figures that are kind of arguing with each other within his videos if they like added those to a game now that would be how i would feel about um you got a knuckles getting added to a game i mean give him time it'll happen i guess we've shifted into the news segment here <laughs> of our of our show news and news 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 don't snooze or you miss the news what's what's i mean let's see what else what else do we have to do we have to say on here uh, we, I guess we already talked about the uh, Switch 2 stuff with the... I love... It, it's like every every time you see a new article from somebody, it's always like, known video game leaker, name I've never heard, has said this. It's like, known by who? Uh, two other people? But yeah. So, some other person saying they know shit about Switch 2 with the Final Fantasy VII remake launch. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I like I like to believe the backwards compatibility and having a camera, sure. Yeah, the camera kind of seems silly. I don't know. I don't know what... What, are you gonna bring back the camera? Really? Come on! I mean, the D, the three the three DS does seem like something. The three DS had a camera. Should've... The Wii U had a camera. You know, it, it was a puzzling omission from the Switch that they didn't have a camera. I thought it was an excellent omission. Yeah, <laughs> it's not important anymore, and you could upload your own photos, probably you know, with the SD card if you wanted to. Like, if they really wanted to add those features, like I mean, it seems like you don't need a camera to do that. I mean, don't forget there is a camera right here. Yeah, it is a camera. Uh, on the, on, on the bottom of the Joy-Con, there is a camera. So it, do, it does yeah. exist in some way. But, I mean, you know. The best thing you could do is is on the uh, the Labo when you could turn it into, like, Predator Vision and, like, move it around and look at the... look at like I the, like chasing the, the cats with the little... Uh, yeah, with the, the heat signatures and all that. Uh-huh. Where you had the little vibration remote control car that could chase the cats. And... Yeah, I still have it. Uh, I got it, like, right over here on my shelf. This, this guy. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you could use your you use the this the screen as a remote and it goes and like vibrates and moves around. That a couple got, of new games got out. There's a GI Joe: The Wrath of Cobra in the vein of the Ninja Turtles game. Same thing, an arcade style beat 'em up with GI Joe. Looked were, interesting. Were you guys into GI Joe? I was not. Uh, you know, more like kind of a little bit. Like I watched some of it, but I wasn't really. You know, I had some GI Joe toys, but I wasn't into as much as I was into like E Man and Transformers and stuff like that. But you know, friend of the show, uh, Sam of uh, Toy Du Jour loves GI Joe and has a Switch as well. So I'm sure he'd be really into this game. I, I think, th- like, I for me as a kid, GI Joe was the sports of cartoons or video games. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I would try to understand GI Joe, but I just and never clicked for me. And like, it's like all my friends liked it. I'm just like, I just don't get it. Yeah. They like watching baseball too, and I don't get that. You know what I mean? It's GI Joe just never made sense to me. I like, like the Street Fighter 2 G.I. Joe figures. Don't get me wrong, but the actual G.I. Joe's, not so much. I like Snake Eyes. It didn't appeal to me. It, it, it didn't seem like, I don't know, 
creative or fantastical enough. It was just like watching a bunch of army guys. Like this right. didn't didn't seem exciting to me. You didn't, they like, tried to teach you didn't you like Cobra Commander? I mean he was kind of cool. No. Like oh. the fake G.I. Joe videos that were really popular like in the early two thousands. Oh, yeah. Those are those funny. Pork chop sandwiches. I think Get it'd the be fuck out of those. here. It's on fire, dude. What about like the more you know? I, I don't know. I I mean G.I. Joe was I watched it. I thought they had some pretty good animated movies. And uh the what's his face? Uh, Snake Eyes was cool. But I mean I, I maybe I'll try out that game if there's nothing else out and it's cheap and I'm really bored, which never happens. So there you go. Speaking of beat 'em ups, we are getting a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem game, a game of the movie. Yeah, but but that Until doesn't mean but that doesn't mean it's beat 'em up. They said nothing about it being a beat 'em up necessarily. So True. So it could be it could be anything. But yeah, cool. Uh it it's a it's a sequel to the movie, so it, ta- it will take place uh at the end of that. So there you go. I dig that. We get I'm interested. Multiple turtles games here. I mean, between the Cowabunga collection and then you know the one that we you know just got and then uh you know the DLC and Last Ronin. I mean, turtles are going strong. And this is for next year. Uh and Last Ronin I don't think was confirmed by for Switch, but I do want to No, not for Switch. I, I'm definitely interested in that game. So I like yeah. the whole I like the whole idea of it. I like, I like that story. The story idea. I've never read it, but it looks cool. Beyond Good and Evil 20th anniversary edition. That that was a that was a good game, Beyond Good and Evil. It was really great when it came out, whenever it came out. Twenty years ago. Uh yeah, and, twenty years ago. It's right there in the title. And I bought a I bought the HD version for PS3 long, long time ago and played it again, and it was still pretty good. Uh maybe I'll just play that on my PS3 instead of getting this again. But it's if anybody's never played it, it's really good. I remember people talking, you know, I know IGN like gave it a really, really good review and it has really good characters. It has really good animation. Like it's fully voiced, and it's really yeah. cool. You can, you know, you can take pictures of stuff, and the characters are really interesting. And there was supposed to be a, a sequel that never came out. So there you go. But that first one is still great. They're still working on it. Sure, they, they are. sure, sure they are. I mean, it's never coming out. I, I would never. I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, 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 speaking of twenty-year things, I wanted to mention this before we forget. A uh, little little known game called Fef, called FFF called F Zero GX uh, just turned twenty. So there you go. F Zero GX anniversary FF the the best the best F Zero game and maybe one of the best GameCube games of all. time. I call it F Zero X. Anyway, that game's badass. I've talked about it many a times. It's a really fucking good game. It's still good to this day, and it's twenty Nintendo fucking re release it or some shit. They would re they could re release it for sixty bucks, and I would pay for it. As yeah, game. you are a mark in that regard because it is. It's it's a badass game. I it's uh just the fact that they made up theme songs for all like sixty of their characters, and you can only find it in the bios of the characters. It's fucking amazing. Like this, just the amount of effort they put in that game is more than much many other games I can think of. Was Namco involved they in should, that one, or was that Sega before that? Sega. Oh, Sega. It was it. a Sega game. They should do a package. They should re-release it as a package with the arcade game, a home port of the arcade game. That'd be cool. I just want it to be released at all. Like, a, you know, it, it, yeah. if it doesn't have the arcade port, it doesn't need I just it. Say because the there game was... already is fantastic. So, I mean. Yeah. I just know. say because there was interactivity between them, and it would be cool to that's have that true. together in, in one package. Yeah, that's true. But the game already, like, I mean, I played, I played the arcade game, what, like twice? You really don't need it to, to enjoy the game, the GameCube version. But there was the, they actually did have arcade uh, levels in the game, like somebody like uh, data mined it and found them in there in the GameCube game. They were already in there, so just like unlock them or something. But no, yeah, the game is incredible. Like uh, the the whole like story mode is insane. Like it, 
it basically ends like the. It, I remember the last level reminded me of Freddy's Dead, where he has those like dream, uh, those dream spirits that bring him back to life. You basically meet the spirits of the people who made the game, and you have to play on this really, really hard uh, Rainbow Road type uh, course. And uh, yeah, it's hard as fuck and really weird, but awesome. And there's like a speed level where you have to like stay above a certain, um, you know, you have to stay stay above a certain, uh, you know, like the movie. You have to you have to go fast enough, otherwise you'll blow up. Like there are all these really cool shit in the in the single player if you could get far enough into it because it was hard as fuck, but it was so good. They yeah, really re-release that game, please. It, it tried, you would sell a lot because uh, anybody you know they re-release so many other GameCube games. Re-release that in Thousand Year Door, you'll be fine. People will be going for that. I actually got an email about this game about about Holston. Uh, somebody was asking us if we were interested in it. And fuck yeah, I'm interested in it. I don't know if you watched the video of it, but it looks good. Like, it looks really good. Like, better than, you know, most games that people send us stuff about. But no, it's it, it looks, it's basically like a, like a Resident Evil style game, but it has a really, really cool, like, over-the-shoulder uh, shoot-em-up mechanic that looks great. Like, everything looks really coolly animated. And you just, and you and you go in and out of it very seamlessly. And also you can move you can like move it around like it, it's all like completely 3d you can move the camera around the character oh that's cool and i think it looks yeah, fucking it awesome between, like yeah you watch the video it between looks three great. quarter views and over the shoulder view it's cool it's like a you know semi so semi 3d semi pixelated sort of look very unique yeah it's i've been i mean it, it this this is like this is like uh totally my wheelhouse here like it's like here's a game what is a game that trey would love here it is right here <laughs> like it's 100 percent like that is something that I would I would play no matter what. I'd get this. Oh yeah, no, I think it looks great. I mean, I love Resident Evil. I love the new like the what was it? Um, I can't remember what the game was that came out last year. But they but they're starting to do more like uh, more like survival horror stuff that's actually like the original Resident Evil on, on PlayStation One, and uh, I like that. I like yeah. that they're, they're they're going back to that to that sort of thing, and I want I want to see more of yeah. that. And that's what this game looks like, but it also looks. Better than the other ones. One like that—that that over-the-shoulder shooting, like, looks so good, and the animation looks so good. So, looks really good. Yeah. There's a demo for it on Steam right now. I saw that. I was uh, tempted to try to get it to work on my computer. I don't know if it will. I actually did get on Steam, and I never use Steam, but I got on Steam just so I could get the soundtrack to Sea of Stars because that's how I had to download it from the Kickstarter. But after many attempts, uh, I finally got it on my computer. So there you go. So hooray! Let's see what's there was uh, a Sunsoft is back three. Oh yeah! I don't really did you watch it? Lovely, bizarre, beautiful uh, uh, little directs. Yeah, I did watch it. Skimmed through it mostly. I didn't sit and watch the whole thing. But um, there's information about uh, some previously announced games, Ikai Unite, which was um, they, they said it in the last one, famously kind of a bad NES game. They just called it out like it, it's sort of a, a bad game, known, known to be a bad game, but they thought it was a good idea at heart that was like before its time. So they wanted to give it another shot. They're doing uh, this new Iki Unite game coming out in early 2024. Another one that we heard of before is Trip World DX. The download download version is going to be available before the end of September. And I'll definitely pick that one up because that one has a lot in common with Gimmick, which I, of course, loved. And I've never tried it before. Looks really cool. Yeah, I remember uh, that one. To... I remember that being in the other in the other directs yeah. or the other, you know, Sunsoft videos. I remember hearing mm-hmm. that name. Yeah, it looks like a good game. And you guys all both like Shanghai, right? This looks like a pretty cool Shanghai game. It's called Shanghai Legend. And they spend a good deal of time on this in the in the 
in their direct. So it looks like they're trying to make a, comp a comprehensive or the definitive Shanghai game for the Switch. So I could get that for the right price. The Shanghaiists, Shanghai, all the time. And then they had a crowdfunding campaign in Japan for three more classics. Uh, one called Tokaido Goju Sang uh, Tsugi. Another one, The Wing of Medulla, and another one, Ripple Island. Yeah, I've never played any of those games, but bring them all. I'll, I'll get those. Sunsoft makes, uh, they made great games back in the day, and I'm excited that they're bringing more of them back. And there's also a Chronicle book, Sunsoft Chronicle book, like a coffee, ta coffee table uh, book, which uh, goes through the history of Sunsoft and uh, includes some never-before-seen artwork. It looks nice. It's only available in Japan. But they said that if there's enough interest, that they'll bring it here. You can probably buy it here. You can probably buy it at uh, at, at, Mits at Mitsua. I bought I bought the. I'm sure, the it'll be all in, all in I, Japanese. But I bought yeah. the I bought the Dragon Quest art book from there. I mean, it's all like Dragon Quest art, so it doesn't really matter. You know that that all the text is in Japanese, but you can buy. You know, if it's if it's like a you know if it's cool to look at, you could still buy it without reading. You know, or you could use Google Translate on your phone and read it all like that. Works pretty well. We've got some more Switch bundles coming on October 6th. This is in addition to the already announced Mario Switch OLED. Nintendo's going to be releasing a new Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and two new Switch lights uh, featuring Animal Crossing. So, yeah, there's four new Switches at, uh, being released on October 6th. Damn. Uh, OLEDs or they're just regular ones, right? Those are the regular ones. And, of course, the Mario Switch that's going to be an OLED. But those but those other ones they come with the game and then they get you like give you like 3 months of NSO or something like that. NSO, yeah. They they released more info on uh Dragon Quest Monsters, which was my game that I'm highly anticipating. It's not it's not releasing until December 1st, of course, but it's a Nintendo exclusive and they just uh they just kind of like said a little bit more about you can control up to 8 members with up to 4 in your main party and 4 more in your reserves, precise orders to each individual monster during battle. Blah, blah, blah. But it's but you can actually pre-order it now. You can pre-order it now in the eShop, so it's up in that way. So I don't know, I'm very excited about it. It's been a long time since there's been a new Dragon Quest Monsters. And it's gonna be cool to see I mean, I think they're probably gonna blow Pokemon out of the water. Or at least they will for me, I guess. I, lo I love those Dragon Quest Monsters. We'll see. That's that's the hope, is that they're gonna be they'll they'll do a better they'll do a better version than uh, than uh, you know um, Violet and Johansson and all that. I'm there's a splat fest coming up this weekend. I'm actually want to actually want to play this one because it's uh it's the three characters so it's um so it's it's basically uh I'm I'm team big man obviously there's big man and then the other two yeah. uh so pick whoever you want pick big man and then there's two <laughs> other ones I can't remember their names because they're not as important but I, I will hop maybe in there and, cooler... and, and defend my and defend my favorite uh, little stingray maybe even cooler than that those that they're bringing back all eight of the tricolor turf war stages yeah so if you missed any. Now's your chance this weekend, so I might jump in. Is that including the? Back. Is that including the Zelda one? Yes. Okay, because yeah, I missed the Zelda because there was a Zelda theme. Yeah, no, there it is, Scorch Gorge. Yeah, I was trying to get, I was trying to get some people from the Discord into it, but I didn't really get much of a response. But I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it anyway. You know, I want to just because I haven't, I haven't done a Splatfest in a while, and I'll fight for Big Man. Big Man's it's my guy. I bought an amiibo of him, and he's adorable. So there you go. But no, you should jump back on and play it. I think it starts, I think it starts on Saturday and it goes through Tuesday or something like that. So, hmm. yeah. Cool. So it, normally they go a little bit longer, like they go into the week. So get get on get on that. 
get on playing. Yeah, maybe shit. we should end, end the episode with this one. But uh, sadly, Embracer is shutting down Volition after 30 years. Oh yeah, we should talk Volition about that. story developer. You know, I, I think everybody's probably played a game by them. They created Descent. They made the Red Faction series, which we've mentioned on the show a bunch of times, and also Saints Row. But they are no more after 30 years. Yep, and, and they, pretty abrupt too, from what I've gathered. Yeah, and don't forget they were they were Champagne, right? They were local to where you're at. Yeah, right, they, yeah. the Volition Studio is two blocks from where I work. Hmm. So you probably yeah. had some people from Volition pass through your restaurant. Well, not only that, I've worked with people that have worked there, and I've known people throughout the years that have done game testing and stuff. Yeah, yeah it sucks. I don't know it was kind of a a staple of the town. You know, we've got a lot of cool stuff going on here, and that was. Having our own game game developer was pretty cool, especially one like Volition that got international recognition and right. kind of like, I don't know, like Saints Row was not by any means like a great game, but it took what Grand Theft Auto did and like turned it up to 11. And I think it made it more did fun in some thing. ways. Yeah, I, I think later Grand Theft Autos were probably inspired by Saints Row more than vice versa. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I love yeah. I mean, I really liked uh I like Saints Row three and four are very good. Like I like them a lot, and not to mention uh, the um, Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. Like that game was really really good. Mm-hmm. That was that was on my top whatever of that year. But no, that game was a blast. Like you could destroy everything, and they did such a great job of even though Mars is like looks the same, they they did a great job of creating different areas like different neighborhoods or whatever on Mars where the ground was different. Like yeah, that game was was really good. I know both of you have it. Play it again sometime. It's an awesome game. I beat, the, I beat that one because I liked it so much. And I even played the DLC because it has DLC on it as well. I've been knocking around the idea of having someone from Volition on the show for a while. And oh, um, Do you know anybody? <laughs> the main reason I have it is because all the stuff that's come to Switch has been handled by other studios that mm. have just been porting it over. But no, I mean, I'm, maybe I could find someone, you know. I'll, I'll do my best yeah. if someone wants to talk about what it was like when the, com- the company shut down or whatever I mean. Yeah, this is a big blow. It's in all the local news, and um, and I think it's uh, it's sad. Um, but what it all comes down to it, it, it was a victim of, of the uh, of, of Embracer, right? Didn't they? Well, like, yeah, buy of just a lot of, of, of companies. And, yeah. yeah, companies buying up a bunch of stuff and then like and then laying people off. It's like there's a lot of people investing, especially in Saudi Arabia has got so much money into game studios right now. And um, yeah, for whatever reason, this particular investor fell through. Um, and based on some uh, investor out of Saudi Arabia, that's why Volition shut down. Some might argue there's other reasons, like maybe they haven't been making that great of games recently. But still, when you like liquid liquidate everything the way that it kind of happens in the business world, it kind of makes sense that you're just going to like lose a lot of really great stuff in the process because the people at the top don't give a shit about that. They're they're just looking at the bottom line of the money and yeah um, and then when it comes to like business deals falling hey. through and stuff like eh, that's how the yeah. cookie crumbles i guess people are just tossing money around and we're just the uh consumers down here unable to do that that's uh that's capitalism though that's the way it works if you capitalism, know, baby as they say uh, a, as they say uh, cap- capitalism only works if you actually own capital right right this this capitalist crimes that. are only like prosecuted if they affect other people's like other rich people's money flow yeah, that's an effect of, remember, like two months ago or three months ago, there was that uh, deal between Embracer and some Saudi investment group that uh, was canceled at the last minute. Uh, there's a video online you can watch of 
of the Embracer CEO, just kind of looking completely dejected in his chair. He was giving an interview with something like I think it was GDC or something like that. Uh, like you, you can tell he he just got the news and he looks totally deflated, slinking back in his chair. Like he's like, I don't know what we're gonna do, <laughs> and and you know this is an effect of uh, of that. So. So, well, for a company that doesn't follow, or for a rather a country that doesn't ascribe to laws about human rights and stuff, yeah, like other countries do, it's really scary that Saudi Arabia's become like a huge investor in even our, our beloved Nintendo. And I was just reading an article this week about how they've started like cracking down on people that were involved in organizing during Arab Spring on Twitter because they've become the second highest investors in twitter after elon musk saudi arabia and elon musk you know supposedly this is the ultimate free speech platform which is why he brought back all these people that got banned after he bought the platform as it being like a a harbinger of free speech someone in saudi arabia was sentenced to the death penalty for their role and things they posted in opposition to the government and they had less than a couple of dozen followers but based on their twitter profile they're being executed, and Musk has not spoken up about it at all. And uh, there's going to be a huge crackdown, and I think a lot of dissidents within the country are going to end up being executed. And I bet Mr. Musk ain't going to say a damn thing about it because his bottom line would be affected if he said something about it. Yeah, probably not. Damn. And on that note... <laughs> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. Anyway. When I talk about Saudi Arabia, I hope everybody knows I'm not like... I'm not saying like I dislike people from Saudi Arabia. I dislike MBS and his his retinue. That guy sucks. That guy's a real life supervillain. Mm. Yep. I think that's the news. I think it's the news that we got for this week on Nintendo Main. And that's also our episode. That's episode 387. Thanks for listening to the whole episode. And hey, if you want to hear more of us, go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. And patrons, there are actually some new expansion pack episodes out now. We did two in a row, and they are available to $1 tier people. Did you make them as one episode, or did you divide it into two? I divided them into two episodes. Nice. So, yes, there's episode 52 and 53 uh, available now. Um, Our Charles Martinet episode and our rumors that we believed, crazy rumors that we believed to be true episode, are available out there. And the WRT radio episode will be up soon enough. If it's not up before this episode is done, it'll be up for the weekend. But the the playlist is is cemented. It's all together, and it's a it's a long one. It's a two hour one, but yeah, just gotta get that together. Might do it tonight. We'll see. But yeah, if you uh, want to find us on that dreaded platform, Twitter, I will call it, call it Twitter forever. Uh, at Nintendo underscore domain and at JMaxStack, we're on there. Check me out at youtubecom domain podcast. You can watch those uh, wrestling streams that we do every Monday. We hang out and talk about wrestling news and all that stuff. We'd have we've been having a lot of fun with Stadium Stampede. It's good. Uh, it's a great it's a great uh, DLC. Like I, it's fun as fuck. Like I was, uh, was having a great time with it. You can also find us if you want to watch it live. Go to twitch.tv slash main podcast and you can find it there as well. Check that out. And uh, yeah, that's been our that's been our episode. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I am Jareth Debess. <laughs> I'm just John. I am the flesh mancer. That is what I am. I mean, have you seen him yet in Sea of Stars? I just think it's funny that they talk about him. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. 
See you later. Fleshmancer.